I know I've only been streaming since the beginning of this year, and I only thought that the consoles worth buying were the ones made by Nintendo, Sega, you know, etc. And I come to find out that there is just a plethora of consoles not made by these manufacturers that play their games. And I, I it, it's staggering to me. And I know, Bovon, you have pretty much every console known to man. How many of these clone consoles do you own? Be honest. <laughs> clone console. So you're starting to branch out beyond the big three, I guess, now, huh? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not doing any branching. I've heard that a lot of other people are doing this branching, and I need to know who else is uh, t- taking the leap. Where, where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's viewer interest in things that they they don't know about, or do we just have that kind of crowd in all of our chats of people who are in the know of the you know all of these so-called mystery consoles or exterior fringe consoles? Yeah, I think a lot of people like to be on the forefront of retro gaming, and and because there's not, you know, Nintendo's not making. I mean, well, I was going to say Nintendo's not making any more Super Nintendos, but they are. <laughs> um, but you know, retro is not expanding its hardware lineup as it used to, and I think this is kind of exciting. Especially we've got this new new one that's the I just heard about recently called the Poly Mega. It sounds interesting, but I know nothing about it, and I, I I think it might be fun for us to kind of explore these consoles and see if they're actually worth worth looking into for those of us who are retro fanatics. I mean, that's, I always want to separate it out, right? You have all your original consoles and handhelds, you know, that were original equipment devices or OEM devices. So we talk about the original ones that existed and they were purpose built to play, you know, video games and libraries of that side. But then now it kind of gets muddled, right? Because you have sort of these hybrid consoles now that are consoles designed to play systems from other consoles as opposed to being a brand new console onto itself to do, you know, to play games that were purpose built for that. So I don't know, to me, I draw a very distinct line there. And even there, once you draw that line between the original consoles and then these newer consoles that are meant to play games from those original consoles, those can further be split up between, you know, what, what we're seeing now, either like hardware emulation style boxes or, you know, FPGA boxes or what they call them. So those would be things like the super NT mini, um, the retro ABS, you know, those, I classify those completely separate from what I call like the crap tier of the new consoles. And those are all the, <laughs> those are all the Android emulation boxes that I just can't stand. I, I just, I have such a hard stance on those and I'm just, I'm completely against those in so many ways that it, it drives me crazy when I, when I hear about, and on one hand, I know it's a good option for newer fans of retro to get into those kind of consoles, right? Cause there's the ease of use factor, but in my mind, I always think to myself, why are you buying a Retron 5, for example, right? That's the classic case of an emulation box. It's an Android It's an Android box that is hidden or masked under the guise of playing real cartridges, when in reality, for everyone out there that doesn't know, all you do is you plug in a cartridge, it dumps the cartridge as a ROM, and then just plays the ROM file. Like To me, that's just one half-quarter mini step away from just put you know emulating a game on your pc and that's 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 the thing that bugs me right now between like those those types of new consoles i mean i don't know how the rest of you guys feel about that but you know, well expand. apart from part of the fact that you know the technical reason as to how it works they are they are consoles right like they are playing the games that we love and i mean from someone like pete who you know you have tons of consoles and i know you're always aspiring to add to your collection do you find these consoles appealing to you to collect even though they may not be manufactured by the people who initially had it licensed? These days, if I'm buying a console that isn't the original console, like for example, the Super Nintendo, right? Like my, or the Super Famicom, 
I went to go use my Super Famicom and the thing is just burnt out. It doesn't turn on anymore. Whether that was because I one time maybe mistakenly used the wrong power supply. Who the hell knows? The thing doesn't turn on anymore. So I'm like, all right, so I do, do I want to get uh, a twin Famicom so I can play disc games and whatever? Do I want to get another Super Famicom? And then I just decided on the Super NT because for me now, the Super NT is still using real hardware, real cartridges. It's not emulating. So something like that, I actually like to add to my collection because it just, it means I can play the games in higher quality while not emulating them. So I actually seek out over time to upgrade, not just waiting for a console to break, but just being able to upgrade my consoles um, to systems like the NES AVS or the Super NT to be able to use my real games and play on something that's not emulating like the Retron. Um, I think I want to make the leap and make those upgrades as these consoles come out. So um, would I ever add them to like, say, if I ever made a list of game consoles I own, I would probably never include things like the NES AVS or Super NT. It kind of feels weird to add unofficial HD upgrade consoles to like a list of original consoles, if that makes sense. Well, especially mm -hmm. if they play existing games, right? Yeah. I think that's then you're the just kind point. of like stretching things, you know, uh, unless you really want to branch out into list and include clone consoles but i would never do that if making a list of systems i own um like for example i wouldn't say that i own a f an original famicom simply because i have the nes avs even though it plays famicom games mm -hmm. i would just say that i have an nes and if people ask why i have famicom games i'll be like well i have a avs that can play famicom games it's really convenient like i have to say it's been kind of mind-blowing for me finally being able to play nes games famicom games super nintendo games super famicom games for example in HDMI and have them look absolutely amazing and at the same time know that it's not being emulated. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if you brunch if, or Futsvogel or Bovine, if you ever plan on picking up an AVS or a Super NT, but I think the investment is not even just for the way it looks, but for the convenience of just being able to use HDMI only. It's just so much more simple than having to worry about composite or converting the composite into HDMI. So your capture card takes it it's uh for for streaming purposes it's been very convenient i'm slowly seeing the light and i hate to i hate to say that but i i see the benefits and especially what you know talking about i'm running a smb1 right now super mario brothers and i watch the stream the vod and i'm like damn that looks like garbage <laughs> and i feel bad because you know people are hanging out with me for you know five and six seven hours sometimes watching this you know this same five minutes of the game looping it's like i can at least give them something worthwhile to look at and i and I, so I, I see the benefit and at this point I'm, I'm more at the point where i want to make the existing consoles better looking with uh possible modification before going that route but i i can see myself getting there probably in a year or two i definitely see the draw but it boils down to that question do people care what it looked like uh, do people you know on twitch do they care what the video looks like of the game you know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. I mean, you'll have those people that come in and they're like, oh, what is what output are you using? And then they, you know, make a snarky comment because you're using composite because it looks really fuzzy. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, go find someone that's emulating. You know, there's nothing we can do about it sometimes. That's true. But the difference in quality, right? I, I, I know obviously when I first started out, that was my fault. Like, when, you know, and Pete, you were talking about the ease of convenience of upgrading to these HDMI, you know, I, I'm not even going to call them clone consoles. I like to refer to those on a higher tier, like these hardware emulation systems, like the retro AVS, the Super NT. Like, I think those are awesome personally. And, 
you know, if they had been around when I started streaming, because everything I tried to do was try to pull or modify or upgrade an existing system. So then that's like yet another tier of, of an option. You can just play your original systems with whatever video content they had available or video output. You can modify or upgrade those consoles, right, to pull a better signal out or, you know, in the case of like the Genesis, just use a cable to, to get the best quality that was already there that you never used before. So, and then there's this option of buying these new... You know these hardware, these hardware emulation systems that give you this benefits of high definition and upscaling, and everything's already built in. So, I think in the in the end, right, it's it's all a means to an end. And what are you trying to do, like for your own personal use, right? Obviously, it makes sense because you're trying to upscale and play on a modern display, right, and have it look nicer. For stream purposes, there's a certain tier that it gets up to. You, your quality can only get so good before. By the time it hits Twitch and then gets transposed or decoded or whatever, you know, it's going to it's gonna look only as good as it can get. Like, you know, there's almost no point to streaming in like, you know, 1080p, 60 frames or 4K for some of these things because just the quality output on Twitch, it's not going to be able to capture that. And you're so, going to kill people that are trying to watch because they're not going to be able to watch it that kind of uh, quality anyway. Exactly. So, I mean, there is a point of diminishing returns. And, and I know for myself, right, I mean, in the end, right, Twitch always downscales everything to like 720p for me. So the fact that I'm working so hard to get RGB quality, 1080p, 60 frames per second out to it, it almost seems counterproductive in a way. And I mean, and I know that ever since I started streaming and I tried to make it a focus in my channel about, hey, here's the real systems and here's the best signal out of them. And I feel that it's something that I've I've built it to the point where it's something that is part of who I am and what my identity is on stream. And I think, you know, there is a segment of people that will appreciate it, but I feel there's a large segment that just is like, okay, you know, this is the same game I'll see on any other channel, whether it's an S video stream or composite or whatever. So I, it, to be fair, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've been streaming something like the PS2 or PS1 using S video. Mm -hmm. People are like, wow, this looks amazing. What are you using? And I'm just like, well, it's just <laughs> S video converted into hdmi to my capture card that is true i've noticed that a lot in your stream and I, again i don't know whether that is because you know you're pulling people from a larger segment of people uh, your larger audience obviously and they just maybe they're not even aware that older consoles can even look you know this way when by the time they're streamed out to twitch like i seem to i think that's what it is most of the time for people on your channel they just like they're not even aware like how it sh you know can look when it's just uh, a proper clean s video signal to the stream it's true <clears throat> I mean, what do you think, Futz? I know that there's, you know, quite a road that you've gone through to try to get uh, this decision of, you know, going from emulation to the real consoles. I mean, what, what's your take on it as you're trying to, you know, build, grow, and figure out what are your options that you have for getting uh, playback of consoles? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I think they're totally necessary, especially nowadays where you have HDMI everywhere. I don't have it, so I'm not, you know, I've got time. Um, but I really like the consoles that combine different platforms. And um, it's like, I don't have a lot of space. So if I can save a bit of space, yes, please. Um, thing with those consoles is always, sometimes you don't know what's inside. Uh, from a legal standpoint, how did they, you know, construct this thing? Uh, is the quality as good? Is it better? Is it less good? Um, how are the games going to be rendered? 
it's sometimes you just don't know and some consoles which really work nicely they also come at a price so um i'm all for it but like it's you can see some companies trying to get your money for it because it's it's in fashion people buy it you know uh even nintendo got onto the hype train so like People I mean, yeah, are onto this. Even with just the NES and SNES classics, right? I mean, the first real... I mean, if in reality, these are the first systems that are official systems that are basically acting like an Android emulation box. So yeah. it starts to bring up a point where people are looking at those consoles and they're accepting it in the way that... You know, I mean, we, you know, we talk about this split crowd reaction to these kind of streams where you're emulating versus using a Retron versus the real hardware. Like, that kind of put, puts people in a different area right with these official mm. nintendo consoles that are emulating like people are much more accepting of those because they're essentially official systems and i know brunch this is you know kind of a big thing in your stream right mm. uh based on your kind of like your own personal rules that you have for your stream like how do you feel that those consoles are kind of muddying up that picture of emulation versus real hardware i'm a-okay with it and i think you know people talk about that copyright infringement is a a uh, victimless crime. I don't, and, I, and I, I'm a, I err on the side of it's not. You know, it's not a victimless crime. And I mean, like, you know, when you think victimless crime, you're thinking of someone who just got murdered. Uh, you know, you don't really think about the people who spent time and money in on this. And then in the end, Nintendo is the one who's collecting on that. But I, I really am of the mindset that I think the people who put the time and money and the resources into getting this should be the ones who are reaping the benefits. So I have absolutely no problem, especially because look at the success you know i mean i think nintendo created the drought of nes classics the first year and i don't agree with all that <laughs> but i mean it's it's successful people want it and i think if done right it, it should be done now when you take you know something like the retron we've talked about in my stream a lot and how that just kind of takes the, the the original cart and dumps it around it's like you might as well be playing on a pc at that point and, and emulating so that I'm, I'm less about because a retron had didn't you know take any time or money into developing that hardware initially i mean they've made their well, their emulation well I mean, they okay they have but <laughs> on 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 you know they, they've 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 stolen to a degree maybe not maybe not the actual technology they're using but they had to shoehorn <clears> the <throat> nes into whatever it is that they created and I, i'm trying to think of a good analogy i can't think of a great analogy for what they've done it's just such a gray area right because it's a company that yes has spent money to design something and they've designed a <laughs> hardware id you know i mean because to a certain point you know we talk about like what here's the difference and let me bring up this let's say that the retron people the retron 5 system itself what if these people this group if they decided to spend money on designing the hardware this board that is essentially an android box here's all the cartridge slots here's the controller ports Yet you cannot run anything because we're not going to be thieves and steal, you know, um, open source emulators. We're not going to load it onto the system. It's a worthless box at that point because, you know, you can't do anything with it. You're leaving it up to the people to decide how they want to do it. Is that no different than buying a Raspberry Pi board, right, that doesn't do anything un until someone loads like an emulator on there? Well, like what if Retron 5 was that? What if the Retron 5 was sold as a hardware piece that doesn't do anything but once you get it in your hands you know you get to load uh your emulators and then decide which ones you want to use could they have not have just done that and then this whole legal gray matter of people getting on them for stealing these emulator cores i mean i wonder what that would have done you know in terms of uh the people's views on the product they you could know? have done that but the 
the market share, you know, the, the amount of customers that would have gotten would have been decreased substantially. Correct, this, right? Because like, they're I think trying to appeal to are, the eighty percent of people who exactly. don't know how to do those things. The yeah, the, the casual, the casual gamer whose interest is peaked or doesn't want to bother with the CRT. And I, and I kind of what you just described reminds me of a previous episode of RGE where you guys were talking. I forget what it was, but Pete was talking about how he won't himself create a repro but he will buy them and play them because he himself is not the one who is downloading the ROM and loading it and doing all the work. But because someone else has done that, it's kind of like there's a separation. And oh. I think I think this is kind of a similar thing is that because I myself would have to do some extra work, I may be more okay with that on a, on a retro moral standpoint, you know, because I myself have to do a little bit of work as opposed to just having it prepackaged and gift wrapped to me and I just got to plug and play and turn on you know and I'm not he's, I don't know he's that. invoking your past thoughts here Pete how do you respond <laughs> well to me I just I just want to stay away from I mean I have different reasons from other people because you have a pretty I've, hard stance too Pete in all honesty like it was not you know it's something that you've been proud about and talked about for many many years through your content but now when it gets well, to something like that well, I mean, I've always been pretty hard stanced on that. I don't want to dip my toes or come anywhere close to opening myself up to the world of emulation because once I start downloading ROMs, I'm going to be like, well, shit, you know, I don't want to collect these games for X console anymore because why don't I just try them? And then guess what? I try them and then I don't want to buy them. And then that eats into my enjoyment of collecting. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there's something thrilling about deciding and picking out what games I want to buy and then, you know, seeing if it was worth the investment if it isn't then oh well you know it's worth sometimes it's a gamble maybe i sell the game back sometimes i keep it uh even if it's really bad you know maybe i have sentimental attachment to it and emulation would just eat away at uh, my enjoyment of collecting and i know it i know myself uh, the only time i would ever be forced to pretty much emulate is for speedrunning purposes where i'm getting closer to that point where there's certain games i want to speedrun and i can't because it's pretty much impossible to to practice them without save states. And it's crazy to think that with all the speedrunning you have been involved with that you have not had to do that yet. I mean, you're still pulling all of your runs and all of your practice on, you know, the actual hardware, the real disk. You're not using save states. It's just, it's mind-boggling with the progress that you make on some of these things, not having access to that. Yeah, sometimes I regret it. Like when I was trying to learn <laughs> Bubsy 3D, you know, there's some crazy glitches and skips and stuff. And it's like, man, I would kill to have some state, save states right now. But, you know, at the time I was still like, all right, we can't. I, I actually hit the breaking point when it came to Splatterhouse because I wanted to learn Splatterhouse again. And I didn't want to break my FM Towns Marty. Uh, and I didn't have access to like, you know, MAME at the time. So I downloaded MAME. And I tried to set that shit up. Never again. MAME was the biggest headache. Splatterhouse would just lag. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. I was just done with it. So no Splatterhouse safe states for me. Uh, but, you know, that's just, that's like the breaking point just for speedrunning. That's about it. I just grind through it every time and see what happens, I guess. <laughs> because as long as I have my mindset on, okay, I need this emulator. I need this ROM specifically because I need to practice this for speedrunning. And it's not because I'm all right. I'm I'm getting this emulator to test this game out to see if I want to buy it. Which get, don't get me wrong, I completely understand why people do that. Games are expensive. Retro collecting is very expensive. I completely am okay with anybody that wants to try out games before they buy them. I don't blame them. But I'm a special case where even if I spend a decent chunk of money on a game that ends up being pretty bad, 
as long as I got to play and stream that game and others can experience that awful experience with me, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of that has to do with how you want to portray that message out to the people in your streams, like the kind of people, like, uh, you know, we, yeah, it's like the the five of us. Well, Meacham's is not here just to let everyone know. He is currently in route back home to Arizona. So he's on, I don't know. He must be at a, what's the, what's the bad hotel chain out there in the Midwest? I mean, dude, he's at a Ramada somewhere. A Cana Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> enjoying enjoying his free continental tea biscuits. And <laughs> you, know, okay. coffee. you know, free continental breakfast. When they bringing that up as a perk, it, like when you see that as the first perk, you know, when you're renting, you know, that's probably a bad sign, right? It's like they need to highlight that free trash breakfast they give you. So hopefully, hopefully Meacham's is having a good, a good, you know, pile of vegan pancakes somewhere. Just to add to one more thing, though, and this is something I brought up in the past. Like, I also feel I like to give their games their chance in the light. Like I, I like variety streams. Don't get me wrong. They're fun because, you know, you pop in one game, you play for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, you move on to the next. But at the same time, sometimes I want to give some of these games more attention. And I feel like when I make a monetary investment into acquiring these games, I feel like I'm more inclined to give them a chance. Yeah, absolutely. maybe play them for two, three, four hours. Uh, And sometimes, you know, you find a game that starts off pretty poor. And as time goes on, it gets better. Or in some cases, it starts off great and gets bad later on, such as a game like Sky Gunner that I was playing a few weeks ago, where I found out that the last level is just one of the worst things I've ever played in a video game. And I wouldn't have found that out if I was doing PS2 variety because I probably would have skipped around and only played the first half of the game, in which case it was amazing. And and now I know that I no longer like Sky Gunner as much because the last level just ruins it. Yeah, I mean, how else will people get to see the the last one third of games on like Lizzie McGuire three on the Game Boy Advance or something like that. If, if, if people don't take the time to play it, but um, uh, what was I saying? So back to what you were going on there about Pete. So the save state thing, like I know for brunch, right? You're using the NES classic and you're using it, you know, completely stock the way it's meant to be. You know, you haven't gone through and, you know, updated the firmware to allow you to load every single NES ROM on there, which is commendable, right? You're using it in the way that it's intended. And I'm sure that would break your rule if you were to go down that route. But in your case, it's kind of a different thing because while one, yes, you're using an official Nintendo system and it has the ability to give you safe states because you're currently in the process of learning the any percent uh, speed run for Super Mario Brothers 1. Gotta hop your soul. But what I'm trying to say is that there's a timing difference, right? That you're starting to run into that is kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to do for you personally. I know you have your own strong personal stances on the emulation. You're good with the NES Classic, but you're also running it on the original hardware, on a CRT. Like you're starting to notice some pros and cons that way. And I think it's starting to push you in that direction of maybe hardware emulation is the way to go. Like how, how has that been going in terms of figuring out that process and you know trying to determine how best it works for you? Yeah, you've pretty much outlined the uh, exactly what's happening. I'm, I'm last night. I was working on a particular part of eight two. For anybody who's ran that game, you know what I'm talking about. There's this lag jump you need to do over a particular uh, piranha plant, and then immediately evade three Koopas and get to the end. And it's just you know it's impossible to do because it's right at the end of the stage. If you were to do it on actual console, you'd have a one shot at that every two minutes, um, and it would be a pain in the butt. And I so I've been working on that part over and over again on the NES Classic. And then we switched over to the actual NES to run it. And everything I pretty much did for two and a half hours went out the window. I, I couldn't actually replicate it because the the timing of those inputs is so quick. There's only a few frames per input to do it. And everything I learned was 
unhelpful almost because it didn't translate. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm currently in an internal battle with myself. Do I want to go the EverDrive game pack or power pack, whatever the name of that other product is route to alleviate these needs. And I can see why people do it. I completely understand it. And while I do have that hard and fast rule of my stream is only genuine, original retro hardware and software, I think that might have to be for a casual play because for speedrunning, as Pete is saying, like there's, I'm coming to that point where if I want to improve this run, which I really do want to improve it, I, 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 I don't know if I can do it with NES Classic. It just seems too hard, especially that input delay. And, and we were talking last night in the stream, I forget which one, but there's always oh, the AT Games Sega, um, <sighs> whatever, emulation. But I know we all have we all have different feelings about that from a lot of people, but and I and I have no love for it either. But apparently that one allows to, um, is it RF output or composite output? So you can get the uh, the input delay, I guess, relegated with that if you were to be practicing a speed run with that particular uh, emulation box. And Did someone tell you the input delay was not uh, was okay on that? I believe that, so. I oh believe God. that was the argument that was made. No, that cannot be right. I mean, the there is input lag on that thing direct when you're using the freaking built-in screen. I oh, would, really? I would stay okay. away from that. <laughs> Well, I was thinking, what if Nintendo did that with the NES Classic? I, I assume they would do it better. They would do the composite output better than because the Sega didn't even make that box themselves. They, you know, they they subbed it out to another manufacturer. Um, and so I think that for the speedrun community, you know, people like me, and I'm sure there's a very small percentage of us would appreciate that, which is probably why it'll, it'll, it would never happen. But no, so I'm 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 nearing the point where I think I might have to go to the route of getting an EverDrive and being that I my rule is I can only use that for speedrunning, not for casual play. Because like Pete said, I would just I'd go hog wild, and I and I, and I agree with him fully. There's been so many games, especially 3DO games, that I would have should have given up on 10 minutes in because of how janky and annoying they were. But the more I play them, the more that I appreciate them. Maybe not for their amazing gameplay, but I just there's there's a lot of content in there that I think a lot of people didn't get to because of how frustrating it was on the outside hmm. disc-based emulation system huh well i guess that i mean that brings us around to something that's relevant right now i mean even this week i mean obviously so there was a kickstarter console called the retro blocks that was started uh i guess maybe like two years ago i can't remember when they started out but you know there was a big there was a big brouhaha fuss made out about this system it was called the Retro Blocks, and the whole point was that it was going to let you, you know, there have been consoles that we've been talking about, the Retron of these, that let you play cartridges, use original controllers, etc. Still, in the end, it's an emulation box, but it bridges that gap between someone without the knowledge of setting it up for themselves, and then they, it's an easy set-top box to get console emulation. So the big thing about the Retro Blocks is that they were going to be the first one to offer CD-based games to be played that way, you know, whereas traditionally it's been consoles. The console has gone through some uh, changes. It's now called the Polymega. And this week, this past week, they I guess they finally had released a final trailer that showed off the system, but didn't really show any real detailed specs or Gee, this a lot of sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, where have we heard this before, right? <laughs> I mean, what other something... console has gone deep under the water then? I know. Like... I mean, you know, is this chameleon all over again? Is it is it is it Ouya? Where are we going with this? But I the mean, retro you know, console, retro. What was it called? The you know that one, the retro that just like they showed a prototype, but it was like just completely fake. I can't <laughs> yeah, that, that was the chameleon, right? Wasn't it the Jaguar shell system? Yeah, yeah, that thing. So I mean, this Polymega, you know, they 
on the day that they think they're having this big release, their their website, it gets DDoS attacked. It can't run. People are questioning whether it was a real DDoS attack or they just couldn't get their crap together to get the website up. <laughs> Pre-orders were open. I mean, just this company, like personally, I've got big issues with Polymega slash Retroblox. One, Retroblox, they were at Portland Retro Game Expo last year, and I stopped by their booth to just take a look at it. That thing felt like the worst Fisher-Price garbage toy ever. Like the build quality was just trash and worse than the wii u gamepad that it was much worse yeah li- felt lighter than that if it's possible but you know i just i mean i stopped by i was i was listening you know they've been getting they were getting a lot of run around that time like people were getting really excited really hyped up about the ability to play their cd-rom based games and even then you know it wasn't clear if they were going to be using emulation if they were going to be using you know emulation uh fpga cores none of that stuff is even answered directly now but you know, it was kind of a garbage, you know, S show of a, of a release. Eventually their website did come up. I, I see that it's up now and you can pre-order this thing for, I think, what was the price? $250. Yeah. And that's the Polymega base system, which I guess includes one module. And the module is what determines which system you can play. Right. So their initial run of systems is the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the, what the hell is it? The Hold on. TurboGrafx-16, Neo Geo, CD of all things. And then I think they they hot announced on the launch trailer that the Saturn would also be one of the supported modules. So you buy the system for $250 with one module, or you can buy additional modules, right, for I think it's $70 each. So if you add yeah. everything up Just there, fucking buy the real consoles. <laughs> 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 <Seriously>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, isn't that kind of the problem with a system like that? Like, yes, I know that they offer some level of upscaling or, you know, uh, an easy connection to the HDMI, you know, you know, what we were talking about earlier. But is that, I mean, like you were saying, Pete, I mean, that cost of everything as you roll everything up, I was trying to work it out in my head and you almost can buy all of those consoles and for the prices that they're charging. Like, where does the value there? I don't understand. It's just for convenient. I guess not everybody has the room for all these consoles sitting around, I suppose. But like I still don't understand when you say you're buying a module, you're downloading the ability to play the games on this console. No, it's happening? a physical, physical piece of the system. So it's the system itself is modular, where this top component, like a quarter of the system, can be broken away, and then you replace it with other modules. Like you kind of physically have it. So in a way, the space thing doesn't even come into play because you have these four freaking random, you know, pieces of a console laying around somewhere. <laughs> I just I don't know. I mean, if you guys have been paying attention to it, I mean. This thing to me, it has failure written all over. You know, it's like aborted right on day one to me. I, I don't know if it will or not. It looks like these pre-orders are now. You pay them in full, and then you get the console somewhere in 2019. So they they want you to pre-order this console that we don't even know what kind of emulation it's doing. I mean, that yeah, just doesn't even I make mean, sense. It's strange, and it, I don't. It kind of tells me that it, it's just full-on like retron emulation or something. They're calling it hybrid emulation or whatever the hell they're calling it. Why not yeah. just come clean now? They're trying to get the pre-orders in so that people hopefully forget about it. And then next year, their credit card gets charged, and they're like, oh, well, I guess I have it now. God, I hope they're charging it, and they're not pre-charging your card, right? I mean, Well, what they're hoping, <laughs> no, they wouldn't pre, no, they wouldn't pre-charge, but what they're hoping is people forget that they pre-ordered it, and then they get charged and <laughs> ships without them realizing. Because that that's, that's what typically what happens, right? Like, you pre-order something, and then... They have your card information and then they charge you right before it ships. So they're hoping or, or you're a company like LRG, they charge you right then and there, and then you're sitting there for three months waiting for something to get to you. <laughs> 
that and so i don't know what tack these guys are going i sure as hell didn't pre-order this thing you know i'm sitting here hoping it dies on the vine personally but i i, I would assume none of you guys were on board with this thing no i i ignored it the second i remember when this thing first got announced and everybody's like have you seen the retro blocks it's gonna play all these systems i'm like yeah we'll check in when it comes out and then we'll talk about it you know because it's so the, the details are always so vague at the start yes. and there's all these big elaborate promises that never happen <clears throat> yeah if this thing if this cool thing is like if, if this is real hardware that's going to play all these games without emulation then great this is like amazing for streaming purposes not gonna mm -hmm. lie like if i can play my sega saturn games my sega cd any pretty much anything just slapping a different module around just for the sake of convenience for streaming without emulating hell yeah sign me up because that's kind of that's super convenient from a streaming standpoint but on, if it's it? just going to be emulating forget it was this the console that was touted to have a twitch app built right into it so you could stream right from the uh the hardware because I, I, I saw a console like this that was able to do that is this that one i don't know it doesn't show it as one of the features okay. uh, i'm sure they would be touting it if it was but because well there was, was one in the past few months that did have that as one of the forefront features that you could stream retro consoles right from the console hmm i yeah, but, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear about that one i need hmm. i need to find out what that is and that would be a great barrier to entry. Although I feel like those consoles, and you know, you know me, the purist, needs to have some sort of asterisk saying "streamed from the X console" so that people know what they're getting when they watch the stream. If it's going to be a console that's outputting streams, though, it's going to turn into like a PS4, Xbox One situation where those streams are nice, but they're very limited. Like if you just let's just say a console comes out like that for retro uh, retro stuff. You know, what are you going to do about a webcam? What are you going to do about stream overlays and just like the conveniences of what you need mm -hmm. for a stream? So like, so a Retron, like, let's just say a Retron, as an example, let's say a Retron system comes out with a Twitch app built in. What do you do about all the other things about setting up a stream? Microphone, yeah, You get that webcam. vanilla generic look of a PS4 camera, or, you know, built no in one, PS4 stream. No one's going to care to watch a stream where it's just gameplay. <laughs> like, no one's watching that. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's true. Right I mean, anyway. go ahead, Fitz. It's too late anyway. Like, everyone is like, it's got their setup, so I don't, wouldn't see why now, you know, it's too late for, for that kind of stuff. I mean, the idea is to give that 80% of people who have that hardware or technical know-how barrier to stream something and you know in theory the idea is you open it up to more people and then in theory the stream content of the streamers is what will shine at that point but i mean on top of that you know that's like the top five percent of streams and then you're gonna get the 90 percent of just everyone's doing the exact same thing right like oh mm -hmm. now instead of watching 100 people stream you know the latest ps4 game on their generic you know stream setup you're going to get 100 people streaming whatever Sega CD game is, you know, currently being heralded as the best game that no one's ever played, right? Then you end up with everyone throwing out the exact same content again, and it's the same problem, so. Wait a minute. I just realized another detail about this Polymega. <laughs> so apparently once you pop a game into this thing, you can install it and archive it? Oh, Wait. so it's dumping it, huh? It says collect, organize, play. Forget scrolling through lists of text to find your games. Polymega brings the art and personality of every title to the front and center in Christianity P. With it, you can install and archive your collection digitally. Wait, so does what? that mean... Wait, does that just mean like 
Sounds like a ROM ripper. A col- no, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe let's not misinterpret this. Maybe it just means like you know how the, they have those collection apps where you can like say, okay, I have this game in my collection, this game in my collection, and it just keeps like an archive on like your phone or something. Maybe that's what this is. Where and it's then sort when of you like go to play it, it says fancy... like, insert the disc. Maybe then maybe hmm. there's a lot of unanswered questions that I don't think they're really doing a good job of explaining here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the site looks pretty. The system looks like it's decent hardware design, but the actual information that people need they're just they're being very coy about it and i'm that always will throw up red flags for me mm. and yeah i mean they're trying to re-hype it up you know look at what it can do all these like modules you can just stick inside and once you like reach our goal 500k for pre-orders we're gonna add even more CD-based modules. Oh, like but look at this one, <laughs> which nobody is able to play nowadays. <laughs> look at this one. Like they that have console. A, they have a Polymega Bundle Deluxe, though. You can pay today, oh. pre-order, $460. That will give you the Polymega base system and all five available modules, saving you a grand total of $60, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. <laughs> let, this, me, let me... This, get there faster <laughs> this this seems messy like if they ship out one console like that thing gets taken apart and analyzed like nothing else yeah that, that uh, and first... if they find something like <laughs> the issue the electron five had like that thing is like gonna die uh also like when they try to hype it up like we're gonna add even more modules like you, sh- you, sh- you should be working on this. Like, you should have like more information, shouldn't you? I yeah, mean, you would think. what are you doing? Um, if it's meant to be come out April next year, it's not that far ahead. Okay, <laughs> I mean, we need more infos. I'm looking at the video that they have to promote this uh, the thing where you like load games, mm-hmm. and from what it looks like, they're like popping in and out of games. They popped in the Super Mario Brothers, and they just started playing. They loaded a save state. Um, it gave them the option to play and they loaded a save state and just started playing. So it looks like once you put a game in, it's dumping it onto the system. And ah. then, yeah, that's, and they, that's what it looks like. No, they confirm it though. If you look in the description, it says install your games to the user interface and play them with enhanced RGB. You like that, Bovine? And composite <laughs> video filters, save states, and improved loading times. So if they're so it's a retron. It's a yeah, they're, they're, filters. It's, yes. It's, dumb, it's a it's retron dumping. with a hard drive to store your games. Yeah, it's yes. dumping it. Garbage. So it's not. Even then, like they say, you can't put WOMs on it, and especially WOMs, they want to launch a service where you pay like it's like a virtual console. Okay, you download the WOMs, and you know you can I mean, God, get to play the. How does that work? That does way. that mean they're trying that to license Price-wise? like ROMs from the big boys then and have it available? Well, they have to contact the companies. Of course. First. Nintendo ain't giving and it they much, don't so. even have no. anything to show for it. Like, look at this. We've got these brands oh, on board with us. They're just saying, you know, it depends on the companies who want to work no, on you this. You know what I'm thinking now, though? They need to have the rights. So <laughs> you know what I'm thinking now, Foots? When you hear that, now I'm thinking, since it's going to be an Android box, they're just going to have access to the Android store so you can download oh, all your yeah. favorite trash Android phone games on there. Mm. And play. I love how the demo for this shit is showing, like, all the heavy hitter <laughs> Nintendo games. <laughs> Meanwhile, this thing is going to come out. You're not going to be able to download any of these. It's just going to be the trash. Mm. Uh, it, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like they're marketing this to the wrong people because if you're marketing this to hardcore collectors they're not going to want to dump their games onto an android box and play them through emulation they're going to want to play them through the real hardware 
Yeah. You know, why? I don't know. This this doesn't. And if you're marketing to this people that aren't big collectors, they're going to want to download the games on here. They're not going to want to pay money. Mm. They just mm. play them through emulation for free. You're saying the overlap of who this system appeals to is just entirely wrong then, right? Because it just seems about... so confused. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hmm. I mean, well, as a collector, are you going to no. uh, dump all your games on here when you can... If you own all these games, you already have mm -hmm. the consoles for them. You're going to play them on the consoles. Correct. Yeah, you're, it's not. there's no user out there that's just sitting there buying games and not the consoles, right? So, I mean, But like, I want to reiterate, though, if this is real hardware, which apparently it isn't, uh, we're pretty much confirming now that this is just emulating. If this was playing everything through real hardware, I'd be okay with it because then it would be like a super nt or an nes avs all in one encompassing for the convenience mm. of streaming through real hardware but it's not yeah and i hate how they're getting more pub than someone like super analog you know like the super analog nt mini like i feel that is such a true like the guy who developed it right this guy kevtris he's such a well known and respected member of the hardware emulation scene you know what i mean like and Either they're not they don't have big branding they don't have big bucks they didn't do a kickstarter to raise millions of dollars to like push the brand and market it properly and get up a fancy trailer but that's the hardware that true i feel everyone can benefit from whether you're a hardcore game collector whether you're a, a, an emulation you know an anti-emulation kind of person who wants to just play original genuine stuff i mean like that i feel the needs much more attention and i feel that something like this polymega will pull away from like the real system that should be getting the pub, like the retro AVS and the super intimate. That's the thing that bugs me the most about like their tact. And I know they're doing the modern internet way of kickstarting, crowdfunding, snazzy trailers, whatever, but that's the kind of crap that just drives me nuts. And it, it just, I feel like it's pulling away from the, the guys who are really doing the hard work to get, you know, FPGA core emulation working properly. It's like these guys are just taking a shortcut. I mean, I'm I'm still watching this video, and they're showing off all these expensive games, and it's like, I don't know, it still feels confused to me because, okay, in order to play all these games that they're showing, you're going to have to physically own them so you Buy can them. dump yeah. them onto the console. So you have to spend exuberant amounts of money to get these games, and then what, you're not, you're, I guess they're assuming people won't be the type of person where they spend $200 to get X game, and then they never buy the console because they have the Poly Mega. That's, in a way, then, this is just targeting people that want to just now get into collecting retro games and don't own any consoles. Then this would be great for them if they, they want to own maybe, physical games. Maybe they'll release an, an updated trailer, Pete, that shows someone just sitting there burning piles of CD-ROM games, <laughs> right? Just pulling ice, burning discs, and then shoving them in the Polymega. There you go. That's how you play Panzer Dragon, Panzer Dragon, eh, Panzer Dragon Saga for you know pennies on the dollar. Well, hasn't Sega Saturn emulation always been apparently like super hard to pull off? That's why I'm curious to see how they're how the system is actually going to handle it. I mean, that's the question, right? Even PlayStation emulation is really not 100% accurate. At least the last time I, you know, dabbled into it years ago. But I, how how clean is it? How well are they pulling it off? Are you going to get all the regular glitches from these, you know, disk-based emulation systems from the Saturn Wait, PlayStation? How's the load times going to be on here? Because here's another question. You know, I always find ways to get speedrunning into the discussion <laughs> podcast, but in the speedrunning community, for some games like RPGs, load times are a big deal. And if you're emulating, some games completely ban emulation. Some games allow it. Mm -hmm. So now, from a speedrunning standpoint. Is this going to be marked as emulation when it's submitted if you do a speedrun on this console? Not saying anybody would, but if someone does, that's another weird gray area. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even today, how do they handle that with, uh, you know, you have, and 
in for the PC Engine, right? It's got that super that SSD system, which is essentially you know you can dump ROMs or you can load ROMs from CD based games onto an SD card and it plays it there off the native system. Like I imagine it, it affects load times, and I don't know, and I, don't, I haven't seen the effect of it. Obviously, it's you know still relatively new, and I don't know how many people are out there running you know, PC Engine CD ROM games, but you know that's something that comes into play as well. Where I su- I assume it would just be banned, and you have to play the games. You know, under I mean, I don't know. You guys are speed running more than I am. Like in the disk based realm of systems, like how does that work? I know that they limit it sometimes to the system or just disallow emulation overall. How does that get handled out there? Sorry, I'm looking at me at Chums right now. He went live. He's streaming from Walter White's house from Breaking <laughs> Bad. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> Apparently. Can you comment in his <laughs> chat and let him know that the show is going on and he might want to join? <laughs> no, no, he's 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 busy apparently. He's stalking. I'm sure that Walter White's house is owned by like another family, which I've actually seen this. I think I saw this on the news somewhere. Where like there's a completely normal family that lives in that Correct. house and they get they get sick and tired of the tourists coming to look at the house. And Mia Chums is totally one of those people right now. <laughs> Well, he was saying on a stream that you could pay that person who owns the house. Like, you can pay them money, bring a pizza, and throw it on the roof, and then take a picture, too. So, like, if she's making some money off of it, too, apparently. so That must be new. They must have got tired of it. Now they want money for it. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm sorry. What were we saying? So, yeah, in speedrunning, like, you were talking about discs, you know, games having this load issue. Like, how does that get handled today? They just have different categories for everything, I imagine, right? Yeah, some games are more lenient than others. Um, but That's typically, if, if it... If it's a game where load times really matter and the people in the community really care, then they either outright ban emulation or they split up the two categories. Like for Dark Cloud, for example, emulation is separate from console because it does load a lot faster and you save quite a bit of time. Mm. Well, even from console to console or what version of the game you're playing, right? Because you're playing the version on PS3, the one they released digitally? PS4. I think for the PS4 version, the load times are pretty much accurate to a ps2 with fast mm. disk speed so it pretty much evens itself out because mm. yeah, when mean, you play a... ps1 games on a i mean sorry not fast disk speed uh i think it's pretty much equal to a ps2 slim in terms of load times close enough then i mean there was that whole issue with bedrock bowling in the retro community where everyone was running it but everyone has like various ways to do it and it turned out like some model of the ps2 slim was the best one but we're kind of shoving all of the times in the same category so. i mean that's the thing though for a game like flintstones where the game is so short and it's so optimized and people are getting within seconds of one another then yeah you got to separate that stuff uh, because you know it's it gets to come down to just seconds. You saying um, you're gonna delete my PS1 submission then, Pete, when it comes in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually separated the leaderboards though. There's now a leaderboard for PS3, oh, okay. PS2, PS1, and PC. Look at that responsible moderation. Good job, Pete. And if you do it on emulator, it's still gonna be grouped in with the consoles, but you know you'll always have the shame of having the emulator tag slapped <laughs> next to your submission so you have to live with that the emu badge right next to yep. your time so it can be looked down upon <laughs> pretty much so i don't know polymega i'm big thumbs down and i mean maybe if they release more information they're a little bit more transparent and forthright with what's coming up i mean maybe i i mean obviously personally for myself like bunch stated at the top of the stream i mean i own all these consoles i have all the games this does nothing for me so they're showing in one of their thumbnail promotion images kaze kiri ninja action oh. that shit is like 300 <laughs> all right like if you own that game you, you you i don't think you really have a purpose for this console you know i don't know it just doesn't 
check really the footage, shows Pete. well. <laughs> yeah. Cheap. Pete, check the footage because apparently the people who were looking in the trailer, they saw that when they were showing like Sega Rally Championship, that apparently it was like a, a clip from the arcade game, not even the Saturn version of it. So people this were whole thing, This whole them. interface looks slapped together. Like, I don't think they have this thing up even fully functioning yet. I agree. They're trying to get the pre-orders in to get the money to make it possible. Yeah. Let's let's be real though. Like this thing is like a dream for retro gamers, if sure. it isn't just a freaking retron with more systems. Mm. But yeah, I mean the videos it shows well. Like who they're trying to appeal to. Like if who you own this game, who do you, who do you think it is? You have like, the money. Who do you think they're appealing it to though, based on like their marketing strategy? People with money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when those people just buy those people with money who don't know how to use it, I guess, right? Just because uh, yeah. then that same person, right, can do some research and say, "Oh, I can get a Saturn and get an RGB cable to it to upscale it to my 4K TV, and everything works the way." To, I mean, it's that's that alone just sounds like too much work, and I guess that's what this is aimed toward: people who don't want to work toward putting the pieces together to get it to work correctly in an updated system. I think based on everything we've seen and heard so far, I think they've actually done a good job at making it sound like it's meant for everyone because I think they want to amass as many sales as humanly mm. possible. And I think in doing that strategy, I think they're already declaring the fact that they don't think this can be sustainable targeted towards one particular market. Um, and, and and as long as they have that hybrid word on there, I, I don't think there's any chance this is anything but what we think <laughs> yeah, it is. Hybrid, hybrid sounds like CYA terminology for whatever happens later, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not gonna lie about the appearance of this thing. It's pretty damn sexy. Like, yeah, hardware modules ID. with the, the with the each controller for each module. Like, it's pretty nice looking. I like the color scheme. Uh, I, like I don't the know. Look Let's step it. back on the controllers a bit. Are you looking at the controllers? What do you think of that? Well, they're just digital images. They're yeah, they're, they're trying digital. to they're trying to repli replicate what the real ones look like. I mean, it looks. I'm just saying they they look nice. It's something that would be hard to gauge until you hold it in your hands and feel how clicky the buttons are and how it feels. Uh, I don't know. It's just more stuff for them to, to make money off of. Like obviously, if you want to play multiplayer, you're gonna have to shell out the twenty five bucks for an extra controller. So that, you know, it's just more stuff for them to make money on. How much are they charging for the controllers? They have a base unit wireless for forty. So I guess it plays everything. Hmm. And then the other wired controllers for multiple systems are twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. It looks like. Huh? So they're wired, like so that's why they're cheaper. I will say, I guess whoever is involved with this, I mean, the Nintendo controller, the Famiclone one, it looks a little weird, but the Super Nintendo one, the Saturn one, and the PC Engine one, I mean, it does look like they took, they pretty much copied the design of each controller. Like, they took the, well, I guess the Genesis one looks like the six-button kidney controller, and then the PC Engine one looks like they took the, the hell is that, the six-button one, the, um, the Pad Avenue 6 from the PC engine design. So, I mean, that gives me a little bit of hope in the sense that at least there's people behind the scenes that obviously somewhat know their games, right? And they're, they're going after controller designs. Like, what was that one controller that was, oh yeah, like if you look at any of the Retron controllers, like the ones they make specifically, those are so terrible. They look, they look like nothing like any of the consoles. And I'm looking at their FAQ, their frequently asked questions. Hmm. They're so old. One of the questions is, is Polymega trademark for me? And their answer is, <laughs> if you're a person who remembers playing classic games from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s and would like to re-experience those games in a modern way on your HD TV, then yes. 
the shit doesn't answer anything. No, but <laughs> exactly. I'm that kind of person. It, that's what, it's the all encompassing thing. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Listen to this. Can I load ROM files on the Polymega? At this time, there's no method for loading ROM files directly onto the machine. So that's just confirming that, yes, hmm. you have to put a physical game in. So you can't just turn this thing until it's hacked and broken open yeah. on the first day. Yeah, well, that's the same mm. thing the Retron 5 says, right? And all of their FAQ material. And the very first thing people do when they get one is just hack it to run ROMs. <sighs> Polymega. We'll we'll see what happens as that unfolds. I was just I was entrenched in the drama on the day of release with everyone bashing it and saying that the DDoS attack was faked and that they've got, you know, why can't they get enough search? They can't even get a website up and running for Christ's sake. So how are they expected Wait, to? So is this thing actually coming or was the Kickstarter met for it or what's the deal? I don't know what happened. I don't know how it went from Retroblox Kickstarter to now Polymega own site like that I don't understand. I, again, in their fact, it says, what happens if the initial goal is not met? It says, if the initial $500,000 is not met within 35 days, we'll immediately refund all pre-orders and halt additional sales of Polymega until we can assess a reason for the lack of interest in pre-order campaign and attempt to correct it. So does that mean the Kickstarter uh, campaign is still going? I have no idea. I don't think they updated it. Is. So what, do they just rebrand it and relaunch it? Guess what's going to happen in April? Well, 2019. So this was the original Kickstarter that when it was called Retroblocks, they did rebrand it for Poly. I can't access it. Like their site doesn't even work there. I mean, it's it's really weird that you can pre-order, but it sounds like a Kickstarter. I mean, all so, these pre-order things are kind of starting to bug me right now. I mean, we talk a little. We've talked at about at length about LRG. I just I just want to bitch about them for a while. But here we go. Here's the juicy tidbits. <laughs> So the fact is answering some of these things. Okay, so hold on. So it says, will I be able to dump my ROMs on Polymega and play them? While the direct importing of ROMs will not be supported, you can bet we want to find an alternative legal ways to bring classic gaming to your living room and respect the copyrights of publishers. So in other words, they want to try and work with people like Nintendo to somehow get them to sell Nintendo games on this thing. That for, would like, be that is not competition. <laughs> in, wait, let's, this is the best part. In the interest of preservation and reducing wear and tear on your disc, on your classic games, Polymega does allow you to back up cartridge and disc games you own from your personal collection via the console itself. You can play them without having to insert the disc or the games. There you go. And then here, one of the questions is, is Polymega 100% emulation? Listen to this. <laughs> For now, standard modules use standard emulation with low latency controller inputs. Certain modules in the future will release with an embedded FPGA that will allow extended compatibility with hardware accessories. So the answer is yes, it's simply 100% emulation. And then possibility of adding modules that are basically FPGA oh. core machines. What? Also they really is, are trying yeah. to cover all their bases with this. And this is buried pretty deep down in the fact here. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't even find that. I mean, I guess that wouldn't be something that would be highlighted. Oh, can you imagine these guys walking up to Nintendo? Right, however way they do it, <laughs> knocking on Mario's door, whatever the hell they do, <laughs> and it's like, hey, we know that you're making millions of dollars on your own branded NES Classic and SNES Classics, and probably every other console you have under the sun. Can we get a little bit of that on our <laughs> janky, you know, emulation box system here, and you know, share some? I mean, come on, what are they thinking? That's not. I mean, they're, they're really trying to appear all the people who are like, damn, the virtual console is, it's officially dead. Like, Nintendo abandoned it. 
So yeah, they're trying to appeal those people too, who are like, yes, I, I want to, I want to give you my money, and they're oh, like, hmm? oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. I was going to say brunch, when you brought up earlier that you can stream from a console. This was mm -hmm. the one you were thinking of. Okay, oh, I, thought, I thought it was. But I don't see anything on it. I'm looking on the set. I can't find anything it's, about it's it. It's buried in the fact. <laughs> it says, can I still Twitch YouTube stream directly from the system? It says, while Polymega has vastly increased its single core performance clock speed, we've reduced the number of cores available for non-emulation <laughs> system processes such as encoding for video streaming. That means the previously planned streaming features will now move back into the experimental column until we can determine that it is fully compatible. Jesus. <laughs> fully compatible when the machine is running comp computatively. Wait. Computatively, I've never even seen that. <laughs> they just made that up. They made yeah. that up. <laughs> Demanding <laughs> emulators such as Sega Seven and Kissin. When they the hit that word, eighty percent of the public they just drop off that part of the fact. So they're like, hold on, there's still more. With Polymega's current set of supported systems, we believe this feature can be optimized enough to deliver it as a post-launch update. But depending on the systems unlocked during the pre-order rewards, the testing requirements may change. We will keep you posted after the completion of the pre-order campaign. In other words, no, that shit ain't ever. <laughs> yep. Translation, we stuck in the $5 SOC instead of the $50 SOC. Mm. <laughs> so it sounds like they've really just promised absolutely everything under the sun initially, and now they're backpedaling on every single promise and saying, please give us $250. We promise this is going to be released. Well, and this is higher than the original price too as well. <laughs> This is yeah. this is gonna be messy, okay? <laughs> Especially since it's it's not pre-ordering. It's like this goal, like this goal they want to hit. But that the thing is, it's on their own website. So if this goes wrong, okay, you don't have the protection from like normal, you know, crowdfunding websites to get your money back. True. You know? It's this is gonna be so messy. So just gonna sit back with my popcorn and enjoy. <laughs> I think I think for those of the uh, listeners who have been clicking through the podcast trying to find the juicy tidbits, I think we should uh, give the end-all be-all. Is this a buy or a don't buy? <laughs> Do you need to ask? <laughs> I think well, this is a, in case they just click through. This is a team RGE don't buy. I'm going to just say that right now without asking any of you. Don't buy into the hype even. Don't even like look read the articles about this. I feel like it's a waste of time. Well, I mean, there is some drama. The drama quotient behind it might be worth it. Just, you know, follow the Twitter maybe and just listen to their BS excuses. You should have seen it on their Twitter. So when their website was down, they're like, yeah, we've isolated the DDoS attack to someone in Missouri and they're trying to wreck our launch. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> professional. <laughs> oh, no, this was the best. This was the best tweet from them because they were talking about how their website was still down and they couldn't get it up and running for two days. And um, they made a wow. reference to some, like, emergency, like, IT nerd team helping them out to get the website up and running. Where, where was it? It's on their Twitter. And now they're going to blame their launch day being a failure on the fact that it wasn't like funded enough or something. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. look at their yeah. last tweet. Five hours ago says, just crossed $300,000 in pre-orders in case people are seeing an older cached version of the total on the rewards page. So where the hell is this at? So 300000 okay. divided by a 250. That's 1,200 units. That is not a successful pre-order. <laughs> 1,200 units, please. And that's not even including people who were drunk the Kool-Aid to get the higher-priced uh, bundle. I, know. I feel like more people are going to cancel once they start actually looking into what the system promised and is no longer doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. let's not beat around yeah. the bush, though. The Retron is it's successful. And this is essentially a Retron. An upgraded Retron. That, that lets you spend more money. 
essentially from other consoles so you know we can't just say this thing is going to be doomed and fail because the retron was successful and this is essentially what that is just a little bit more but i feel like this is the retron was never really i feel like this is appealing more to collectors and the retron was sort of just appealing to like people like oh you you might just pick a no the retron yeah this is more high and the retron is sort of just like oh you know that box of nes games that you got laying in your closet well you can play them now without having to go out and find an nes whereas this is more like hey big time collectors we've got something <laughs> for you to emulate your games that's kind of what it feels like. possibly yeah. So here's the three. Here's the best three tweets during that DDoS attack. So first tweet: Current website status is that the site received 400,000 hits yesterday, which was more than we anticipated, and brought down our server. They may have been DDoS, legitimate customers F5ing, or some combination thereof. So that's the first tweet, right? Second tweet says we upgraded to a new server with much higher spec yesterday, but we are still receiving errors, likely due to one malicious user whose IP address we've traced to Missouri, who is opening hundreds of connections at a time in order to prevent others from accessing the site. And this is like generating <laughs> your own drama. Third, this is the best part of the tweet. Third, they don't need to divulge that shit. Yeah, what they exactly. should have done was just be like, they should they should have spun this in a different way. They should have been like, the demand is so through the roof that it actually crashed our website. Yeah. We're trying our best. Instead, they're like, people are attacking us. Yeah, they don't they're like getting crime. vindictive about it, right? <laughs> so the third tweet, there is now a multidiscipline team looking into the issues, <laughs> including our host, Cloudflare, and PlayMaji. We will keep you posted once the matter is fully resolved. On behalf of our team, I apologize for the issues. We will make sure to follow up as soon as possible. It's just, uh, yeah. It just I just had to squeeze in the sponsors in my last yeah, tweet. Exactly. <laughs> or they threw well, them under it, the bus more than anything. It's like there's is, Ret- is Retron's headquarters in Missouri? I wonder. Yeah, was, <laughs> the one guy who builds Retron systems and sells yeah. them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and well, I love. Oh, sorry. That. Go ahead. So I was just looking at the rewards, you know, what what do they offer, you know, for this like crowdfunding. So 500k, you have this like second interface skin. Um, doesn't look too exciting. An uh, interface skin? Two. You mean a skin for the UI? Yes, exactly. That's Something the like Oh my god. Dark mode. Most ridiculous <laughs> thing. No, it's not dark mode. It's light skin. Light skin. <laughs> It's ugly. It's it's still ugly. Okay. It's I'm like surprised you're able to click on the rewards. So I'm hitting it right now, and I'm getting like a blank. It just page. worked for me. It didn't work for me before, but it works now. <laughs> well, that's because two of us are on the guys. site right now. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the attacks. Okay, they're looking into this. <laughs> they're gonna start tracing our IPs. Careful now. Yeah. <laughs> so level two, you have like collection insight screen, which should be totally integrated, but it's not. One million, you've got the Famicom module set. Okay, I'm fine with that. 1.25 million, it can play movies and audio discs. What? It can play movies <laughs> and music files? Oh my that God, is in the future. unheard of. VCDs back, back VCDs? In no, I'm joking. I don't know VCDs. <laughs> no, you gotta buy the add-on module for VCDs. Come on. <laughs> VCD add-on. I mean I mean it's already integrated. You already have like the, the DVD drive, okay? But now you can watch DVD movies. So basically they're not putting CDs. a media player on the UI. You can't access the media player, but if you if you if they get but, the goal, they'll unlock <laughs> everything it. has to be unlocked. <laughs> is, is it that possible cop, can you, can that you they, watch is, Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, is it possible that they inflated these numbers themselves to make it look like more people are buying it than actually are? The fact that it's a rolling counter, my guess would be yes. (laughs) Mm. 
because there's no evidence, right, of people buying these. It's essentially just this ticker yeah. on their website. It's exactly what Foots was saying, how it's not being handled by mm -hmm. um, like Kickstarter, right, where you can have exactly. those numbers be legit. This is going to be messy. Yeah. <sighs> so because hilarious. this failed before on Kickstarter. So why is it so successful now? I have no idea. I don't even, I don't understand the, the path Maybe it's not. from Kickstarter. We don't know because Kickstarter shows you could see the the actual updated information. There's no there's no ticker showing us how much money they've made. Only their word on on in text. I think we should get one of these and rip it apart when it comes out. Honestly, now, the more we talk about it, the more funny this will be when it actually comes out. Who's the poor soul that's going to spend the money? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm getting close, actually. Donation goal banners on all the RGE <laughs> members' pages right now. <laughs> Jankiest release ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I think we're done poly mega bashing for right now. We'll All right, so what do we want to shit on next? <laughs> <laughs> so, I do have something. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that, Pete. No, so have you guys heard of this video game monthlies.com thing? Basically, loot box of, of unknown oh. games. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not too familiar with it, but I, I, I've known that some of these mystery box things have existed for retro stuff in the past. So, so. Yeah, I mean, I heard of it. I was on Epic Neon Ninja Monkey's stream, and he was the uh, first one to... Uh, it was the first one I heard it from, so he was talking about how he had subscribed to this service, and the site is called videogamesmonthly.com. Not a sponsor, by the way. And uh, apparently, so the options they have on there is you get to pay a monthly fee, right? Several tiers, and they will send you a box of random retro games from the consoles you have selected, which I guess that's part of the good thing. You can at least decide on which crap you're getting, but... Your tiers here, they call them three up, four up, five up, and power pack. And respectively, the prices are $30, $35, $40, or $75 a month. So you will receive three, four, five, or 10 games monthly. What? Who is this for? I mean, Epic, he has received two boxes from them already. Um, and he unboxed them on stream. I thought the selection of games he got was kind of interesting. They actually sent him import Super Famicom games alongside like NES games. Like I think his first one he because you can do it by system, and then you know they try to I guess split out the games allotment and and match it, or they just say I, I don't know how they do. I don't are know they doing? Is. They're not doing complete for cart, right? I imagine just playing cart and then for disc based. I'm sure from, it's complete. From what I've seen, um, from Epic's uh, pickups, he had loose carts, but he did have full disc. So disc with you know, case and instructions from what I look, I don't think they sent him a loose disc as far as I can tell. And I don't know if, do they explain it on their site? Let's take a look here. I'll save you guys this. This one is actually a website that runs. So that's a good plus. It says, how much does it cost? Okay. What will I get each month? You will get a variety of retro video games, both well-known and unique. We do our best to send a variety of games in each box to ensure that you have the best chance of having a well-rounded retro gaming experience. Because these are actual retro video games, sometimes the cartridge shows its age. We do our best to send games with front and cataloging labels that are intact and readable, including the great retro graphic. But some cartridges may have scuffs, fading, or identifying marks on it from a past avid gamer. We work hard to ensure all extra labels and marks are removed. So notice they didn't mention anything about disc-based games there good way to get around that i mean i have to be honest i'm looking through they have a section on their site where people post pictures of the games they get mm -hmm. 
These junk. poor souls. <laughs> These poor souls. I'm telling you, like, maybe this is cool if like you like the thrill of opening a box and not knowing it's gonna be in there. But oh my god, like you are throwing away money at this point. <laughs> okay, this box is one of the better ones because they got Wave Race 64, Yoshi Story on N64, and a couple other games that don't look that great. But like, anytime you get an N64 game, some of those more well-known Nintendo games are a little bit pricier. Even the Wave Race and Yoshi Story. Not exactly, but man, like I'm looking through these pictures and Dude. nobody has ended up with anything of value. This guy got Super Mario Brothers 3, Mock Rider for NES, Ninja Gaiden 1 for NES, Turok, it looks like Rage Wars for the N64, Mortal Kombat 3 for the Genesis, and Cliffhanger for the Super Nintendo. So pretty much I'm guaranteed duplicates is what you're saying? They have a system in place to never get duplicates. Yeah, for you can check person. off, you can oh. add your games so they know oh. what not to send you, I guess. Okay, that, that's a good system. This person got Sonic 2 for Genesis, the Jungle Book for Super Nintendo, Desert Strike for Genesis, Crash Dummies for NES, and Adventures of Link on NES. And that was a one, two, a five-game pack, so that was, what, $40? Five-game pack is 40 right? Yeah, that's not worth 40 No, you're you're pretty much overpaying for games that you might not even want. I mean, if they have a system there to properly input all of your games in there, I, and I guess we have to pare it back a little bit and see the kind of person. This this looks like it's meant for someone getting new into retro collecting. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, this is fun if you're just getting in the retro. You don't have many games. It's like, all right, you know, even though it would assume that you have all these consoles, I could see this being kind of fun. Hmm. Um, kind of just opening it up and seeing what random stuff you get. But it's just a little, little expensive. But it's kind of genius, right? Because this is obviously from a retro ebay store or a video game store that just has overstock and they're like you know what let's do a mystery box and now mm -hmm. people are buying these games that normally they're never buying we're getting you know slightly higher than we'd actually ask for them in our store uh the mystery box thing is a big fad and people love it like people subscribe to many of these things and i don't know i i can see the appeal like i'm not completely crapping on it i can see the appeal <laughs> of it but for people like us that you know we already have a lot of games or we can we do very um we like to shop for deals right we don't want to overpay for anything this is Correct. not for us yeah not not being able to know the determine the true value of what you're getting that's uh but well not but even, and also the quality the quality i can't i want to see the physical product before i get it you don't even know what you're getting let alone being able to see the condition it's in and that is a big no-no for me if you want to know some of the varying quality brunch let me tell you right now there's a member in our community outside of Nepin Yuan Ninja Monkey, who has been dying for this kind of service. Now, this individual, he loves to spend money on mystery boxes of all kinds of crap. And generally, you'll find all of it sitting on the shelves behind him in his stream. This individual, Johnny Rebel himself, Mr. Johnny Renegade, he was the first one to jump on this uh, after watching Epic Neon Ninja Monkey. He's been talking about wanting this type of service for a while. So if you want to see the quality brunch, let me tell you, tune into Johnny Renegade's stream. Check out his VOD from earlier this morning as of today to see what his take on the whole thing is. And you'll oh, see the That's going to be entertaining. Yeah, oh, my God. It, it's gold, as always, right? So I would highly recommend checking that out. This is the worst one. Let's put this it is the way. worst one. $35 will get you a box copy of Mortal Kombat 2 on Genesis. That's like, what, five bucks? <laughs> There's a disgusting looking copy of some NES game. I think that's Jack. I don't know what that is. But what'd you some say? Was it like Mortal Kombat Trilogy or Mortal Kombat? Which one? Mortal Kombat 2 on Genesis. On Genesis? Okay, let's yeah. do this really quick, huh? Oh, Mortal I wish Kombat I could see what Genesis. game this is. So Mortal Hold Kombat on. 2 and Genesis right now chart, let's get an average of $6. 
for the just the card. Okay. That's it. So since it comes with the box and maybe the manual, so let's just say eight bucks at the most because yeah. Mortal Kombat is not worth a lot. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 box fully would be about 11 bucks. So. All right, so let's say 10. Just to be generous. Uh, rush and attack cart on the NES, but it's in horrible looking condition. Rush and attack uh, on the NES is about six dollars loose, so account for bad label. Four dollars. Four dollars. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Uh, and then a cart only copy of Monopoly on the Genesis. Monopoly on the Genesis, though, huh? Upgrading. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Genesis. Can you specify like no game shows, no RPGs? Is it? Do you know? If we, do we know if it allows no for sports. that? I would. Sports. Yeah. No. Exactly. No sports. To be fair, it doesn't look like they give much sports. That's okay, one so Monopoly on the Miraculous. Genesis. Pete, loose price, three fifty. Three fifty. So three dollars. What was and the other game? You... Uh, so it was Mortal Kombat two for Genesis, mm-hmm. Russian Attack, Monopoly, and then the last game is Miss Pac-Man Cart Only on the Genesis. That's like another two dollar game. Cart Only on the Genesis. So we're looking at. Uh... Four dollars loose. All right, so twenty. This is being generous too, because if you saw this lot on eBay for twenty dollars, you wouldn't even come within two feet. <laughs> so twenty dollars <laughs> is what you'd pay for this stuff if you bought it individually. Mm. But you're paying thirty-five dollars to get that trash in the middle. Wow. <laughs> now, granted, not this is one of the worst cases that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some other lots on here that... Where are you looking at? Are, is this on their site? So if you Where... go to their website and you go on top, it'll oh, say social replay. replay. Yeah. yeah. And I then you if... just keep clicking through that. I wonder if Johnny Rebel Renegade's picture is on here with his middle finger at him. Let's see. L- let me tell you, though, if you ever needed a copy of Wave Race or Perfect Dark on the N64, <laughs> chances are you'll probably get it in your box because everybody's posting that. <laughs> Well, can we also talk about the tier, the pricing of the tier? So the first tier is 30 bucks. That's three games. The yep. second is a, one more game for five more dollars. Mm-hmm. And then for an additional five dollars on top of that, it's 40. So basically, you're by by <laughs> by only getting the three up, you're pretty much paying for the smarter, the smarter people who did the five up. Like, I'm, I, the pricing <laughs> blows my mind. It's a weird way to do it for sure. Wow, this poor goddamn bastard. There's this one. There's this one. Okay, hold on. Let me zoom out. I wish I could link directly to these photos, but hold on. This is... is there? Do they have their like their personal information so we can like tweet these people or uh... <laughs> say what were you thinking? Yeah. Oh, where was it? It was towards the bottom. Someone posted a picture of just like they spent seventy five dollars and all they got was just like some really trashy Game Boy games like Tetris and stuff. Oh, there it is. Oh, Go I all see. the way to the bottom. All the way to the bottom, okay. and then if you see the very last picture, it's like a couple of NES games. The picture right above it, you'll see a couple of Game Boy games. That looks like an eBay Hold lot it. picture. Hold it. Can, can I guy, zoom in? This they guy got Tetris. He went full boat, huh? Seventy-five bucks. Let's see. Wow, that must hurt. Like one hundred and two Dalmatians. We've got a spiral game. Hey, Motocross Maniacs is on there. Of course, yeah, you can get a spiral old. game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that seventy-five dollars for that. Come on! Wow. Now this guy got Mega Man Two in a five-up. So I mean, like, that's twenty twenty-two bucks, right? Right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, but he also they, got they, NBA Jam. And... No, I I agree. <laughs> at least they're not giving you all complete jank, though. That you're 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 guaranteed, I guess, at least one 
somewhat decently valued are game. They? I don't, so Johnny was uh, railing, it seems like a chance it seems yeah, like a chance. i think it's chance because johnny did not get in his mind he he's he didn't get a game to 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 lead him to continue the service he's going to give it one more shot but of his four he was disappointed that at least not one was kind of like a, a higher is this his game. first month john uh Boban? yeah he did he just did it and got it so it's okay. his first box he just wanted to I, sample it he took the lowest tier I was gonna say maybe on the first month they really like hook you by giving you something good, and then after that they, you know. Give you See, he thing. said that that's what they should have done. But that's they what they should do, do for sure. Thing. Well, because this one guy's got Mega Man Six, and he has a, only a three up, and what? he has Mega Man Six, Othello, and some other uh, super a super glove, the super glove game, which you need the power glove to play. Yeah, Mega Man Six though, right? I mean, that's forty five yeah. bucks. That's what I'm saying. So this guy That's lucked out. As hell, then. I, I canceled that subscription and call it a day. It's probably an it's probably an employee. <laughs> possible, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. He shoved his own game in there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> they gave me a coupon for one extra game for my next one, so I'll help him out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I might I might bite on this. This this is like I mean entertainment. Yeah, like Pete was saying, right? Like and I think it really works well as streamers, right? That's the big thing, right? This whole mystery loot box thing. And and now fess up everyone. Like who has who has do- dove in? Do- who has dived into mystery loot boxes? Anyone here? Never raise your hand. Never, never bought them. No. Okay. All right. So we the only time them. I've been tempted is they've had um horror movie boxes where you like get Random horror Blu-rays in the middle. Oh, that'd be actually pretty cool. But I never, I never went for it. And sometimes you get like signed movies or exclusive movies physically only to that service. That's Mm -hmm. the only time I've come close. This guy got. What we're saying is we we should make one of these services ourselves. Is what we're trying to say right now. I think. Yeah, I got a lot of jank doubles, man. We can. uh, That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Free money. And 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 I see like some got like figurines and a like, bottle opener and like a Mario. Yeah, like thing throw the merch in there, right? Throw that, throw in that jank merch to really exactly. boost the value. Exactly those lanyards. <laughs> put them all in there. I wouldn't lie. If this box. was a little bit cheaper, I'd be all for it just for the entertainment of seeing what kind of trash I get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Open it up on stream, you know. The pricing uh, tiers uh, are definitely—they seem high for what they are. I mean, even for me, like for myself, here's the thing, or for any of us, you'd have to enter your whole collection in to make sure you don't get doubles. Johnny Rebel. Wait, is that what they want you to do? Well, you, you can, can do, it, do yeah. it. You can, but you don't for, have to. You don't have to. So Johnny Renegade, when he did it, he was too lazy to input his, you know, couple hundred games in there, and he's—he uh, really should have done that. So he ended up getting—he only got one um, dupe, and that was Gran Turismo 2 on the PS1, which he says was in the dirtiest, most awful, you know, case. And he doesn't even know if it's playable. So we'll get a follow-up for that, I'm sure, in the future. Oh, man. Here's another. Here's just one to cap it off. This person paid, what is it, five games is 40 right? Yeah, so $40 for the Namco Museum Greatest Hits on PS1. That's like a couple dollars. Turok 2 Cart. It looks like volume one. Yeah, volume one. One is nothing. Turok 2 Cart only on N64. (laughs) Some golf game from Irem on Super Nintendo. I can't really make out the name of it probably not worth anything a cart only copy of sonic 2 uh, golf golf on the nes cart only oh, of course God. and then castle quest cart only i'm not Four sure soul. about castle quest but holy Two. shit <laughs> we, we should have a game of trying to find who got ripped off the <laughs> i think this person might win because namco greatest that has to be like 
If I was at a convention and I saw that shit for sale for two dollars, I still wouldn't buy it. <laughs> so let's see, four, six, Namco one, greatest hits no less, four bucks, right? If it's in good condition. So you've got grand total of four for that. You've got golf four. You got Sonic two, which is like two bucks. <laughs> Ten. And what was the other? Turok is four. Turok two card only. Castle Quest NES card only. Turok two is four. Castle Quest. I think I'm not like sure about six. Castle Quest. Uh, it's six exactly. So there you go. And then there's some other Super Nintendo golf game. It's called Swing Game. I can't really. Super miss Nintendo it. golf. It's game? from IREM. Yeah. What is that? Swing Maybe away. Like Swing away game. golf. Oh no no that's PS. Two. Uh, something game. It's got like a guy looking down at Irem Skins game, I think is what it's called. Skims, maybe that yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. It starts with a S K I There you go. Skins there game? Go. Yeah. Is it wrong that the more we talk about it, the more I want to do this just for the <laughs> entertainment value? I'm not even joking. Like, I'm six dollars. I mean me too, me too kinda, but man, six dollars. It's, it's kind of rough though. Like, it is, for sure. <laughs> Wait, so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So this guy's like what, twenty bucks as well if he's lucky. <laughs> oh man, he paid forty. Forty. Yeah, it's you're paying for the entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, what would but I pick then, here? I would. I mean, I mean, we've been discussing it on Johnny's stream, you know. Oh my god, they was... have a Twitch channel. What? They do. Oh, fuck off. They, they have what? a Twitch channel. I don't know. I'm looking. They have <laughs> no videos. They have forty followers though. Wow. <laughs> No videos, shame. Why do they have? It's called. It's even called Video Games Monthly. Yeah, I wonder what. What are they? Oh, what do you think oh my god! You know what I would love to watch them stream? <laughs> Packing people's boxes. <laughs> oh like you don't know. Imagine that you don't know. Oh shit! Oh, I'd be on that all day. They're oh just sitting god, there. Yeah. They'd be picking the games and like packing the boxes, and you're like that poor fucking bastard. <laughs> Whoever's getting that box. Yeah, and then, like... No, it's great publicity though. Think about it. They take like a copy yeah. of Earthbound card only, and they like slip yes. it in one of the boxes. People are like, oh my god, I'm signing up right now. Yes, that's and true. Then it ties me. And then when they go offline, you just open the box up and pull the card out. <laughs> Peter, I think you got a successful business model ready to go. Seriously, if they have a Twitch account. I'm can't... actually thinking about this. You do the tier three sub as like no. two games. How about we do this? Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> All right, so we each save up $75. I know this is asking a lot. Mm-hmm. Let's just give it until like maybe December or something, right? Okay. We each buy the power pack of 10 games. <laughs> Don't know, go. And then whoever has the best deal. Oh, like oh you know God. value of each game we look on price charting on ebay is the winner okay oh, whoever, whoever whoever has the least valuable has to stream all 10 games <laughs> within ten within games. reason okay so if you don't have the system if you can't stream it okay oh my God. i'm on board you, that that sounds like gold yeah i i would i you know what you say that but i'm actually i think i'm gonna sub to this right now actually <laughs> Too far. <laughs> is already, I'm not already even movie. joking. This is great. <laughs> but no, br- I'm down the for the idea for pen. brunch went from terrible to awesome in like five, yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> well, because it's last so laughable. It's just so laughable. I mean, we're pretty much just pissing away money. But <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to participate, all right, because it is a lot. Well, we pissed I away mean, money on far less. We so. could even do the three game <laughs> one, but that's just oh man, you're. Carbon. So let me ask you. So what? We, okay, here's the thing. Here's your tactic. Okay, we're gonna talk advanced strats for this thing, right? <laughs> so 
do you just limit your consoles right like you let's say you want to just get like all 10 playstation one games like would you do that you think you get better value or you cut across the board and look for the random consoles because you select all of them I would do N64 because N64 is through the like comparatively you would to just all consoles. do N64. <laughs> well, well, I'm saying I've been really having a really hard time finding N64. I mean, I don't. I already have you know what you would call wave race and all that, but I'm saying <laughs> you were gonna get another one. Yeah, but no, I think N64 across the board is the the console has been hardest for me to find deals that I'm okay with paying for. But the average value of, how does, of how N64 games are relatively low. You know, are you telling them what consoles you have? Um, you're telling me what consoles? Which, yeah, you want the games. You from. want. Yes, and the idea was that since you can like type in the games you already own, like why not type in all the crappy sports games? I'm why already not? calling. I'm already calling. I'm car. Eh, I'm already calling foul on this. Pete is already like deep strat. Gonna rig this game, this contest within the RGE team. He's gonna look for the average price, highest of any system. Pick just that system, so it guarantees him the best chance to win. <laughs> Well, I think well, what you can do too, clearly, if that's the case. See, that's the thing, though. I don't want to check off stuff for like Game Gear or Intellivision. What? No. <laughs> that's the best yeah. one. No, Intellivision. No, they'll, like they'll give you the trash like Sonic Two. There's, you know, <laughs> I can add it to my pile. I can build a Sonic Two box of shame as well. So, unless it's that Sonic Two not for resale. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Give me that N- NSR <laughs> or NFR. I feel like though if you only check off something like you only want games for PlayStation, they're gonna give you real junk. If <laughs> you're getting the ten game lot, crap. Yeah, they but gotta the, make their money. See, you oh, just have sure. to go in, Pete, and you have to put every sports game ever made and say I own this already. So then guarantees you won't get that. Well, right? how how does the list even work? Does That's it what really I was asking. contain oh, every yeah. single game? Because you know you type in all the sports games, but maybe they're not all listed, or they just gonna mm-hmm. give you all the come kids on. games. C- come so on, you just have to you, win stuff. You've already oh. created the account. You're inside. Let us know how, how's the process. <laughs> oh, listen to this. It says if you're signing up for the Power Pack Ten game, you have to select at least four systems (laughs) so if you had to select four systems what would you choose I would choose man I know they're going to give me car only I'd probably do dream but I already have the dreamcast games I have they're probably just going to send to me Um, I'd probably do I'd do GameCube yeah I'd do Mm. GameCube PlayStation Mm. Game Boy Color Nah, I'd be loose cart. Give me no. I need some. It's just gonna be all. They're gonna give me all cart though. Like, oh god, disgusting. <laughs> Super Famicom, I think, would be sort of interesting, but no, they're gonna give you like Japanese copies. The jank RPGs like that. that you can't play. Yeah. What, did, what did Epic Neon get? Did he? Did he get Super Famicom? He did. He got. He got some Super Famicom games. Um, I don't know what they were. Like he was, but they looked interesting. Like they sent him a couple platformers. It looked like some of the lower cost. Maybe I would but. try Super Famicom. Just to see what I get. Hmm. I do Famicom and Super Famicom probably. Oh, you do both, huh? Yeah, Famicom I think would be kind of cool. They're gonna send junk. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's but my my hope cart. would be that they they have a cart they can't read the name on and it's like a super expensive <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd let it slip like that, right? These guys they're not mm-hmm. they're not in the business of that. They send PSP. The question is, UMD. Well, they send case? it loose. God, yeah. loose UMD. Yeah, That's PSP is the worst. <sighs> Yeah, PS2 now. 
What would I Ooh, do listen, here? It says at this time, Video Games Monthly ships to the United States addresses. If you're a Canadian resident, you'll have to spend an additional $20 each month. What? what? $20. Brunch, are you sure you want to do this? Well, now I can't. I, I would say, well, I would have done it. I can do my P.O. box, but I'm not going to my P.O. box every month. <laughs> you can do it for the one time shipping. They're out of their now this, the value went down to nothing. There's no way to make your money back on this. Even yes. if they give you a good part. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like that's pretty shitty for Canadian. Yeah, and it doesn't even cost that much. It does not cost that much. Maybe if you're doing ten carts, ten NES carts, maybe that value of extra shipping might pan out, but no way. Nah, get it to your PO box, man. You get, we gotta do this still. <laughs> yeah, no, no, oh, no, I I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't be able to getting them right when they come in. So it says their exclusive game tracker ensures you never receive a game you already own. Once you subscribe, you'll be able exclusive. to select your game systems as well as all the games in your library. After picking the games, it's Damn. easy. Just choose the game system and click the checkbox for each game you own. Okay. So Well, just be sure to put down stuff like Sonic 2, you know, so that they're not sending you to that trash. Yeah. Super Man. cheap. I mean, I guess yeah. if you were really had the time to go through, you could eliminate any game that is of low value. so you They might not be able to send you anything at that point. <laughs> They're like, sorry, we don't have any good games. Unfortunately, though, it doesn't sound like they would ship to Futsvogel because I think they only do U.S. and Canada. Well, we can get Such it to one of us. We can get it from one of us shipping ship it to Europe there. Ah, town find solutions now. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it die. I, I know that Futsvogel does not want to spend $75. Oh, <laughs> boy. Like, I would cry. I would legit cry. <laughs> okay, I want my games to be one buck each, and even then. So even then, I haggle. What is this 4.9 out of 5 star rating on Facebook? You can rate things on Facebook, like businesses on Facebook? Yeah. I didn't know oh, yeah. that. But they only featured the, the featured the uh, the five star ones, of course, on the website. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I mean, all the pictures you see, people send in the pictures in the hopes of getting a free box. Yeah. To... yeah they don't totally. even get a free box. It's like a competition. They enter. You know what's gonna happen? They have a referral thing on here. It says if you were referred by someone, please let us know. Someone's gonna type in retro game explorers podcast they're gonna be like oh let's listen let's to this free advertising <laughs> <laughs> hey but in the end of the day though we're gonna be giving Advertis yeah we're advertising free advertisement free always good this guy got resident the retro Evil. game advertisers but when you really think about it who's the one laughing they're the one making mad money off of True. this so yeah they yeah. are uh, shows we're we're not smart enough to be better than those people, I guess. <laughs> so there you go, video games monthly. We will we will we'll keep you guys updated on where the hell we end up with this. <laughs> while we're gonna do, uh, it'll probably not happen. We'll get lazy. <laughs> Shiny, I'm sure things will distract us. I'm sure the listeners will remind us. <laughs> December twenty first. Where is it? It is a lot. Like I know it's just gonna be a waste of completely but it sounds fun it does but i mean i can never do any of these other mystery loot box things like the, like that random crap that uh what is it the is it loot loot yeah. what, who is it loot, what is that company loot box uh, loot crate it was uh, loot oh, crate that was the one yeah. i just don't understand like the people that do the loot box stuff because <sighs> it just it baffles me you get a box of shit where you're going to get mm. stuff that you have no idea what it's even from it's just clutter that 
thousands of other people are also getting so the value of it is diminished because people are going to be trying to sell the crap they don't want on ebay it's like you're just getting stuff that's worth nothing for things that you might not even watch or know what it is it just i just never understood it i guess it's the sort of gamble it, it kind of ties in the gambling i suppose where you just gamble on what you get i don't know certain, I think certain loot boxes just don't work I think you're really paying for the feeling of getting something in the mail and the surprise. I think that's really what it is. It boils down yeah. to people like getting gifts and they like that feeling. And this is just recreating that for as much as you're willing to pay. And then mm -hmm. the disappointment sets in <laughs> after you open it. You realize that you just spent $40 on just garbage. I mean, they always advertise it too. Like get like 100 bucks worth of stuff for only 40 bucks. But like, well, that's, that's MSRP. not how this works. So there's only been one box which I would have been interested in, like where the content actually matches the price and it's exclusive and all that. But like, I'm not into those boxes. It's just, it just pains me to watch them like unbox all that crap and like, wow, this is amazing. A bottle opener with Thor on it. And you're like, ah. You know what, Foots? I'm currently building my own personal loot boxes I'll be sending to viewers. So I'm going to have a contest <laughs> website. I'm going to one-up no. these guys. <laughs> uh, that would be fun, though. I think it's a good way to do it. I, the thing about the thing about the loot boxes that just drives me even more crazy, you think about, like, there's this whole, you know... There's this whole issue within the digital distribution and DLC realm where they're doing loot boxes of digital content. I mean, that to take the idea even further, Pete, about crap you don't want. Imagine crap you don't want in digital format DLC only. That is just, I can't see that at all. I mean, that's a huge issue right now with you know modern games and you know them trying to do loot box stuff in game. I think if it's priced appropriately, like if it's like ten bucks and you get like six or seven digital games okay because the existence of humble bundle and stuff mm -hmm. where you can get tons of digital games super cheap oh no no, no no that's a good idea i'm talking about individual games content loot boxes you know what i mean like this oh one... sorry yeah, yeah i thought yeah. you were talking like okay no no that's actually a good idea no this other travis even idea you know with battlefront 2 being i think maybe was the worst defender how they were going to do the loot box system there i mean that i, I just can't believe we're at that point you know i mean and the sad thing is i think i'm one of those people which is why i avoid those <laughs> games like plague i'm competitive in that nature so like i because you know i've played digital card games and i know how i get where i always want the best cards so in a game like battlefront 2 I'd probably want the best shit, so I'd keep opening loot boxes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm staying the hell away from that. <laughs> I was watching um, Vesper Arcade. He's a Street Fighter Five streamer, and they recently turned on a loot box feature there. And you can, um, you know, you can use in-game currency. So in Street Fighter Five, you can gain currency by just playing matches, and you get it really, really slow. It takes forever to accumulate. Fight money is what they call it. You can also pay for, you know, fight money with real dollars. But they, he turned up. They turned on the loot box system, and he was totally against it talking trash about it the entire way and he must have opened about 50 of them on stream one after the other like hoping he would get like a costume skin or you know item for their one of the characters on the in the in the roster it was hilarious though i think for stream purposes there's definitely some value to it but there was nothing of value there <laughs> so what do we want to shit on next <laughs> possibilities are endless now yeah, uh, what else is there to bag on I mean I think we're drawing near to the end of the show unless anybody had anything they wanted to bring up in terms of 
what they've been playing recently or if we wanted to kind of just because i know i've been playing dragon quest but we can't really talk about stuff like that without spoilers because people are also playing through it and we don't want people shutting off the podcast because they want to avoid spoilers but i'll just say in short dragon quest 11 is uh way better than i thought it would be it's uh it's quite the jrpg and i think it's a great starting point for not just people that are new to the series but also if you've if you want to delve into jrpgs i think it's it's an amazing starting point honestly for the genre we haven't had a game like this in a long time like yes there was persona 5 but even that goes to lengths to really stand out as a, a different type of jrpg more social this goes back to the roots of like ps1 ps2 era jrpgs even more so like there hasn't been a game like this since dragon quest 8 and i know that sounds weird to say how come, how come everyone talks about eight so much and then just skips over nine and ten is there a reason for that like i'm uh well for dragon quest games, nine so. is a nine is a ds game that changed a lot of the formula where your party members were actually sort of like pawns in a way where you create them and you can like meld their class in the way you see fit and uh, it introduced sort of like a it's been a long time since I played it. It was just way different. It was more of like an MMO style Dragon mm-hmm. Quest. On DS, where you, huh? could, you yeah. could play online if you wanted to, which I never yeah. really did. It was a far cry from what Dragon Quest Eight was, we'll just say. Um, and then Ten was just a straight up MMO that never came to the US. It never left Japan. Oh, there was never a Ten release here. I got it. Okay. No, yeah, it was just a MMO that people wished would have came here but never did. <clears throat> I mean, Eight just is generally regarded as like the top in the series well before 11 came out so i mean that was kind of where i wanted to start but i still wanted to do them in order but since they're not connected i guess i don't know what the value is to play five six and seven you don't have to do them in order i mean i'm not a huge dragon quest fan so i'm not going to be one of those people that's like you got to play five you got to play four first because there are some real big fans of the the earlier dragon quests i would Mm -hmm. just say start with 11 and if you can't play 11 just do eight uh, the music was my issue, like watching you stream it, though. I mean, the game itself looked fine, but uh, I could not get over the music, man. The music is mm-hmm. the most disappointing thing. It's the, Here's the thing, though. The music is tried and true to Dragon Quest games. With the exception of 8, 8 is the one game where it had like that orchestral soundtrack, and some people loved it, some people mm. hated it. I loved it, whereas 11, actually, the music, just like the sound effects, is a callback to the original Dragon Quest games. That's how the music sounds. If you play Dragon Quest mm. 4, five or six on the ds the music is going to sound pretty much like 11 well it's awesome because when i was listening to your stream i was hearing sound effects from the original dragon warrior one through four games right like the the, just the wind chime and the the slime attacks like they were all like they were like lifted from those 8-bit digitized samples it sounded like i thought it was a cool callback to that it's a great game like i can't really talk much about it yeah not for sure but i'll just say give it a chance if you've been on the fence it's uh it's also a huge game it's going to take you a long time to finish. How many hours are you in right now? Uh, I haven't played it yet today, but I'm about 22 hours in, I think. Something like that. 23. Hmm. And how far you estimate? Like, what's the oh, estimate for the game? Probably nowhere 80. near the end. From what I hear, if you rush through it, it's like 60. Whew. But it takes people anywhere between 60 to 100 hours or more to beat the game. Interesting. 
But yeah, if so you're I doing everything, it'll take a while, but I'm not doing everything. So I, I find that that game, because, again, there's no online content, there's no multiplayer, none of that. Like It's a game I can sit there and wait till it drops, you know, price and picking it up and playing it later. Like, I don't I don't need to be, especially for a game that's so self-contained, like, I don't even need to share yeah. the experience, you know, with people. Yeah, so. if, you're not, if you're not dying to play it, you can, just like Spider-Man, like, I'm not dying to play that right now because of Dragon Quest. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man so, definitely falls into that realm of no online, no, no. That game is going to be cheap in no time, so <laughs> I'll save myself some money. It's it's going to be half off, and like Black Friday, the game's going to be like thirty bucks. <laughs> Works for me. Any games, foots you want to talk about that you've run into or have interest in? We're, we're handling this part pretty loose, so that, that works for me. Oh boy. About the Dragon Quest part, like, oh, the God. music, <laughs> the music, man, look, I mean, um, Dragon Quest Eight had orchestral music, but Dragon Quest Five on the PlayStation 2, which is only released in Japan, also had. So, for me, it was kind of odd that they just didn't include it, and, like, the cutscenes, everything seems like the same, they didn't change it up, so... Still, I'm gonna buy it when I, whenever I can, I'm still gonna play it, but, like, ugh. It's just like shame. Like, is, just—is it coming out for Switch or is it only PS4 and? It'll it eventually be Switch. Yeah. But it's delayed, so. See, that would be it's perfect. It's not coming out until next year. Yeah, that would but be based a perfect on how game other Switch, Switch ports have been. It's probably going to be laggy as shit. So you get think ready. so? Mm. As well, yeah. I mean, the game's only thirty frames a second, but still, never again will I fall for a Switch port after Sonic Forces. <laughs> <laughs> See, the fact that they're locking it at 30, though, I can see the Switch handling it. I mean, it doesn't look super complex in terms of visuals, right? It's got a, it's more of a simple yeah, look to it. Yeah, maybe it will handle it. Or, well, the game is pretty graphically intense, not to is it, uh, That's true. I, I don't know if that graphical style demands a lot for rendering, because it does look great, but uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be a little bit more pop-in, less draw distance, who knows? Hmm. So for you two, Foots, just looking forward to Dragon Quest. I know you're a huge fan of the series, so... Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. And in the meanwhile, just playing random games I have in my collection and, you know, having fun. How's that game buying ban? How was that game buying (laughs) ban? How how did you survive through that? Was it okay? Well, I only survived because also I didn't really find any offers. So I wasn't really (laughs) tempted to. But like, damn, it's hard. It's hard to see like an offer where you're like, wow, that's actually cheap. Like, it only goes for like a third of its price and you're like no can't buy it i'm on a buying ban like of course i have to break it but it's it's odd seeing how many games i buy and seeing how little games i play it's... you've stopped to catalog all your games right like have you realized the enormity of where you're at right now with your game collection I know you've avoided that. over the roof. It's over the roof. I have way too many games. And seeing how many games are actually finished, because I also have a catalog for that. I only finish eight games per year, and I keep buying, buying, I don't know, like 40, 50 games. I don't know how much. (laughs) It's it's insane. So I'm trying to be more conscious about that. Well, that's okay. Slowing down every now and then is not the worst thing, right? Mm. You have to do it sometimes to catch up. You do. I mean, like, uh, I, the only game of note for my side, I mean, I, I went to, I took a small vacation over the weekend. I went to Minnesota to visit some family and visit the state fair. 
And, you know, whenever you travel, I always sit down and think about, well, what do I want to do gaming-wise? It's always part of my travel plans. Since it was only a weekend trip, I thought, okay, well, I don't want to bog myself down and bring multiple consoles. I try to keep it slim when I'm traveling these days. So this time I decided to just take the Switch. And, you know, I took my games. You know, I have this little holder for all the games. But I was really interested in checking out The Messenger. That was something that I was looking forward to ever since watching the previews and the trailer for the game. Um, Like, was it six months ago? I think Epic is who showed it to me. It looked like it was going to be, you know, one of those indie style retro games in the in the vein, in the style of like Ninja Gaiden. But um, downloaded that, played it the entire weekend. I was in Minnesota. I loved the game. The music is a little over the top, but I think it, it fits well for what's happening in the game itself. I know Pete, you streamed uh, a majority of the game, but still weren't able to get through it all the way. So it's a good sign that there's enough content in that game. But really fun game that I just was able to keep playing. I thought the dialogue, I know people have been kind of railing on it for having cheesy dialogue. I actually fell in love with that. And I, and I couldn't believe Pete, that you didn't take the time to go through like all the dialogue trees with the shopkeeper or, you know, talk to the closet or anything. Like, it was like the best hidden part of the game that just entertained me to no end. I thought that was, yeah, really cool. the dialogue was a little hit or miss. <laughs> like the, the, the comedy, I should say, was just a little, I don't know. Yeah, it's I guess too much style. in your face. <laughs> well, I, maybe the thing too is like before I started playing the game, I read like a few of the bullet points where like every review was like the comedy just isn't really. It's really yeah, and I'm, I, I guess I kind of had it ingrained in my mind that like oh, the comedy is going to be pretty stale. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, but I I, I bought no, I mean, the game. I'm, not, I'm saying that's not too for the bad writing. That people were saying that I I liked it, I enjoyed it. I bought the game not for the writing, but because the soundtrack was badass and the movement was amazing in that. So. Yeah, and I mean, the, the thing about the messenger, and I know that it had to be their kit because every retro-inspired indie game has to have that, whatever, right? Something to st- let it stand, a- separate itself from the pack, and stand on its own. But I really wish that in the trailer they, I, I, I mean, I know they have to show it, but the fact that they did show it, it just that was the reason I glommed onto it. But then I was kind of disappointed that it was not something that was, you know, could have been more of a, a of an awesome like reveal moment. You know what I mean? So, not to spoil it for anyone here who's listening and doesn't hasn't played through the game let's just say that the trailer if you've watched it you probably already know what i'm talking about but still i think it works i don't think it's well. a secret yeah, it's only a secret that people have no idea about the game honestly true so it was in the original marketing when they first showed the game, so yeah so i don't know i thought messenger a pretty awesome game I'm, i'll take the time to hopefully go through and finish it but it's challenging in the right way. I don't think it's super too difficult. I think all the moves you get and all the movement you get from those moves really, it makes the game fun. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I don't want to say it looks like the perfect speedrun game because I know the speedrunning community has already jumped all over it. But I just want to want to play it through casually all the way through and have my fun with it. And maybe I, w- I would want to see some of the movement tech in, in the hands of an expert, though. So, Ben, no thoughts of running that one, right, Pete? Um, no, I had thoughts, but it was right before <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven, and like after I streamed it, I powered the game back on and played through the the first half of the game, I guess. But it's not really a half; it's like significantly less. But mm-hmm. I played through it again just to see how I felt about it, and it was really fun. But it requires a lot of commitment to get good at speedrunning that game. Yeah, it's very, a lot very of crazy, precise. Especially mm-hmm. now, the game is broken. People are like clipping through walls already. So. Oh, are they? Ah, oh, damn it! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There, there's a category for no out of bounds, but <clears throat> it's a it's a long game. Like the speed run right now, the fastest time is just under two hours. Wow, so and that's, that's a long it. speed run for a game like that. And the issue I realized as well, you can never rechat in that game. You're always <laughs> doing something. You're always flying around. Like they, there's just no room to rechat. So I said now, pass. Yeah, makes sense. 
Super I'll fun just speed game. run my 12 hour RPG. <laughs> More dark cloud optimizations coming our way. How far? More like Dragon think... Quest 11. Yeah. Are you? Uh, no. Are you seriously gonna jump right into that? Of course. I'm serious. Oh God. Wow. That's that was my plan. Like the Japanese speed runs for that are 12 to 15 hours, and the U.S. version got a dash button, so it should cut down the time a bit. How so they... we're looking at probably they don't really know because no one started yet. Got it. Because the game takes so long to beat casually, so. We're estimating probably 12 to 13 hours around there. Wait, you said the Japanese one is 12 to 13, or that's what the U.S. one should be? The Japanese one to? was 12 to 15, but the U.S. one should be probably around 10 to 10. 13. Who okay. knows? Right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that was Brunch. I, I don't know if Brunch dropped off or if he's still hanging out, but I know he said he had to take off. So oh, no, I'm here. I don't, oh, I don't think. Do you want to talk Couldn't. about anything other than Super Mario Brothers 1? <laughs> <laughs> um no nah, i've been pretty much hell bent on on working on that because i feel like the, if i if i take a break from it all the work that i've done is just going to go out the window especially yeah. because of how quick that game is and how many you know precision strats and i mean it's nothing too crazy but knowing me i will forget everything your muscle like yeah it's important to stay on top of stuff like that like your muscle memory will only take you so far if you put it down for too yeah, long exactly and I don't, what's your and I, ultimate goal time though the ultimate, I wanted, I challenged myself after looking at the leaderboard to do top 10%. So that puts it just under five minutes, which is really high. That's, that's really, you know, the world record, I believe, is four, five, seven, I believe, right now. Ooh. Four, five, six is going to get cracked pretty soon because they just discovered another uh, wall clip into the, uh, or a pipe clip in uh, 1-2, that end pipe clip into the uh, the warp zone area. So they're going to go to five, four, five, six pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, so so. 459 and uh, probably like 800 milliseconds is the goal. And I mean, I'm I'm pretty good, even without learning any of the uh, um, flagpole glitch or wall wall glitch in a 4-2. I think I can do it. It's just a matter of I need to I can do all this the tricks, all the uh, you know the quick inputs. I just need to string them all together, and that's my biggest problem is that I I seem to mess something up along the way, and it's hard you know it's hard. But I mean, I feel pretty good. I've only been doing it for three weeks. I've checked the calendar, and so I feel really good about my progress. My PB is four minutes, four minutes, five minutes, 23 seconds. So, I mean, like, I'm pretty happy. I'm, you know, calling, and, I'm calling it now. Once Brunch gets sub five minutes, he's going to be hooked on speedrunning because the <sighs> feeling of when he finally gets sub five is just going to be, he's not going to be able to contain himself. I, I, I see it. I honestly see it. And he's already I, done I mean, it with his mini goals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not, no longer going to be the same streamer that I was before, but I definitely see that speedrunning is going to become more of a, a thing. And and I think I chose the wrong game with that Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. I think that game, while I love that game, it's not a game for speedrunning. There's not any major glitches in it. I've tried to glitch myself for hours trying to figure out, you know, breaks in the game, and uh, and any possible way to to save time. But it just seems like it's a straight up straight play game with a few little tiny things i mean it's not necessarily that a speedrun has to be glitchy to be a good speedrun but i think the thing you're looking for is the pacing is maybe off on it yeah. like maybe it's just slow pacing there's areas in the game that are kind of like slow like the auto scroller or anything like that uh whereas mario just like gunning from start to finish that makes it more yeah. exhilarating the watch for people and it's it's satisfying, you know. When when you do some of those those strats, you know they're not. I know I know Bovine's all about the glitches, but even when you do just the quick inputs, it feels really. I feel accomplished, even though I know I know I'm not doing anything too crazy. It just feels really good, and that motivation during the run is what helps me to do it again, even if I mess up two seconds later. 
So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm glad to see that the venom I planted is starting to fester. It took a little it took a little bit to really get there, but but since I decided I wanted to change it up a little bit, I, I've I've definitely caught the bug. So I I'm, I I want to say thank you, and I also want to say no thank you. But no, <laughs> I'm appreciative because I probably never would have done it had you not have said, "Why don't you do this?" Speedrunning is fun. It just yeah. takes time for people to. It's not for everybody, but the fact that bovine still attempts it gives me hope. <laughs> it's true. I did. I mopped up or dusted off the old renegade, try to try to get time. My goal there is pretty realistic, I think, too. I mean, sub five seems doable. I mean, the world record is unattainable. It's absolutely out of reach. There's no way I could get to that point. So, but I'd be happy with a personal goal, sub five or top ten. So that's what I'll shoot for there. But I have to say, though, Brunch, it is fascinating to watch you go through that game. I mean, I would have never in a million years thought I would have ever cared about Super Mario Brothers 1 in a speed run, but to see you go through that process of, you know, routing it out and the practice, and it's a lot more technical than I would have ever given it credit for. I would have never even thought to think about that. I mean, outside of the glitches, but it really is, uh, it's pretty satisfying to watch, so. Hmm. Glad I'm glad to hear it. I know that you coming is more just support of me as a streamer, but I appreciate you uh, sticking it out despite the fact that I know six hours of watching the same exact thing over and over again. It's a, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. So, how are you finding it affecting your stream though? I mean, obviously as a variety streamer switching over, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but just in your own experience, like how has that been going? How's the community for SMB? They seem pretty all right in terms of that group. They seem pretty all right. We had we had a we had an interesting time last night where I had a lot of people who were from the, were part of that community come in, and then you know our existing community kind of like not locking horns, but kind of brushing up against each other uh -oh. and maybe maybe not understanding the perspective of the other. Mm. And it's it's kind of interesting to see. And it's also really unique for me while I'm running. It's like, guys, I'm trying to focus on this. <laughs> I can't play referee right now. Um, but no, it's, it's very interesting. And, and that community has been great. But because when I, and I have sat in on a lot of, you know, the big streamers, you know, Cosmic and uh, some West and they, you know, at the top of their games and that whole community is just, they are so in tune with what's happening during that run. And when you, when these guys are getting into a chat with people who have no clue what's going on, and that's not their own fault. It's just that you know it's a, it's a lot of in 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 lingo, and it's kind of it's, I think it's a little bit of a culture shock for them to hear people not understanding what's going on um, in within the the realms of Super Mario Brothers one. So it's kind of it's really been interesting in that regard. It's just um, assumed that when you go to someone's stream that's speedrunning a well-known game, I guess people just assume that the people in there know what's going on. Whereas a case like you, where it's like you're just kind of getting into it and trying to comment or getting your viewers accustomed to it, it's kind yeah. of a shock because that's that's kind of rare. It's kind of rare to find streamers that are just getting into speedrunning with such a big game like that and having viewers that have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and I, and I can and I can feel that it's 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 interesting, and I, I'm enjoying it. I'm just hoping that I'm not turning anyone off by the fact that we're 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 getting a really interesting mix of people, and uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. I'm 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 hate to say it, it's not going away. <laughs> just just speed run, yeah, and that's what I tell people too. Like, it doesn't like hurt my feelings, but it's like, you know, come on, I don't people tell me they just don't care for the speed run so they don't watch them it's like well i hate to tell you it's not going away because i love it too much yeah. it is an addiction it is it is it's there's nothing you can do about it. once it gets its teeth sunk in you can't recover from it like once you get speed running on your mind you're in the beginning stages brunch eventually you'll be like me in every game you play the only thing you're going to be able to think about is can i speed run this game i see it 
I definitely see it. Um, and eventually, was, you're going to get the speedrunning RPGs, and that's like ooh. no, uh, we're 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 a good. Year I said or two the same. I said the same thing myself. <laughs> I said no. So I remember someone asked me like two years ago. They're like, or a year ago or so. They're like, will you ever speedrun an RPG? And I'm like, hell no. And here I am getting ready to speedrun Dragon Quest Eleven for twelve hours. <laughs> My God, the Dark Cloud one is just utterly amazing to me pete like that amount of information and focus and constant like there's so much yeah. going on there that i don't even know how the hell you have that i don't do you have that crap in front of you or have you <sighs> literally memorized everything it's a lot to comprehend so how i prepared for the dark cloud speed run was people if you look at the dark cloud speed run it just looks like i'm just playing the game fast mm-hmm. essentially i am it, it just looks like i'm just running around kind of just feeling my way through and the game has a lot of rng but there's so much preparation that went into that speedrun because Dark Cloud is a game of RNG. So when I'm picking up certain items, I need to know what to do with those items. I need, item. yeah. I need backup plans. I need to know what items I need to sell. If I get a certain weapon in one run, I might not get it in another. So I need to know what I need to build up that weapon. And the route is, it's got a structure to it, but it's loose. Like, for example, my last run, which was a PB, I broke an essential sword that is pretty much... 100% routed into the run because mm-hmm. it's used to upgrade other weapons and I broke it three hours into the speed run and I'm like oh my god the run's over I don't know what to do so it took me about two hours of battling with myself maybe even three hours until I finally realized and clicked like okay this is how I recover this is what I have to do I'll do this weapon this weapon level that weapon up and just like that sort of like internal monologue of on the fly routing is kind of what keeps me coming back to it Man, that's just, I, the backup plans to the other backup plans to those random events, though. Just the adaptation is is unbelievable, and the fact mm. that you can like six, seven, eight hours and still have something random come in that will have to completely change the strategy. Mind boggling to me. That's what makes the run so addicting. I mean, I understand it's not the funnest, most fun thing to watch because, you know, it is doing the same thing over and over. It's not like it has a huge variety. It's just me running through random dungeons, killing stuff, and leveling mm. weapons, but. For a speedrunner, it's so addicting because I know that every run, despite how poor it may start, there's always the chance I can improve because of not just the random elements, but getting better at the game itself. Optimizing my movement, optimizing my menuing, the way I build weapons, and that's what makes it so addicting. And I don't know if it's crazy to me, but the game on a casual play never looked fun or exciting to me. But for whatever reason, watching you speedrunning out, it makes the game look more fun to try to play in that way. (laughs) I mean, just to put it into perspective, my first run of the game was 11 hours, 45 minutes. And mm. by my fifth run, I'm now down to 8 hours, 38 minutes. Wow. So like, it just shows that the more you play it, the better you get. And I don't see myself stopping until I get under 8 hours. And even then, I, I might mean, keep going. Realistically, how much... I don't know how optimized the original run was, but in your mind, is there a way to... Like, how low do you think that can get cut down to based on how much you well, do the, now? The world record is... Uh, six hours 52 minutes hmm. so pretty it optimized. can get pretty it can get pretty it the thing is it's not optimized in terms of mm-hmm. the thing is you have to get lucky but you also have to be really good at being fast in the menus and placing towns down and leveling up your weapons so mm-hmm. close to war who has the record he has it under seven hours but he he grinded the hell out of that game like i think he has something like four or five hundred hours in dark cloud one mm-hmm across multiple categories so he's just really good at being fast and thinking on the fly because the dungeon layout you have to think on the fly for dungeon layouts it's like you spawn into a dungeon you got to think to yourself all right where do i go from here is there going to be a locked door it's not just taking a chance it's a 
learning how to read the game and what it may throw you. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, good good work on all of that. And like I said, it's it's fun for me to watch it now after the fact. Like initially I was resistant to it just because the game itself I was not familiar with, but the t- the amount of work and detail that goes into it simply amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, but it's uh it's a lot of fun. Anyway, I think we're going to call it there. Brunch actually had the dip out. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize he was messaging in Discord, but <laughs> yeah, it seems like a good seems like a good time to call the episode. Absolutely. It was a fun shit on everything episode with a little yeah. light at the have, end of the tunnel to talk a, about speedruns at the end. We should have a shit on something <laughs> segment now moving forward. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like eventually the podcast is going to have a segment dedicated to speedrunning every episode at this point. <laughs> oh, I thought we were already there. <laughs> Yeah, I we missed, pretty much are. Yeah, I missed that memo. We just need to get Fitzvogel back on her Flintstones speedruns <laughs> to get a time on the leaderboard. Now, I want her to go Game Boy Jank somewhere along the line. I'll, I'll follow you down that path, Fitz. <laughs> Actually, Fitzvogel, like, it's finding really janky Game Boy games that you can beat in, like, 10 minutes that no one's done speedruns for before. That that can be really fun. I, I know someone weird. that does that. They just pick up random Game Boy games, and they speedrun them, and then they just post whatever time they get. Yeah. <laughs> there was a game I can't... I don't recall which one, but yeah, they are out there. So as of right now, I'm not infected yet, but <laughs> once I have more time, because it's also a time thing, like it's not something you can do like once per week. You really mm. have to like be more consistent with it. So once I have that settled down, um, let's see, <laughs> can't promise anything, but <laughs> Definitely we just need to get DHM speedrunning Tony Hawk because he talks so highly of himself as the Tony Hawk master. <laughs> but I, I won't call him that until he's done a speedrun of Tony Hawk. We'll see how that goes. All right. So, yeah, well, let's call that episode. So, again, for everyone out there, I want to say thanks to all the viewers and listeners out there for the, the podcast. Again, if you have any comments, thoughts, or feedback for any of the subjects we've talked about here in this episode or for anything else you want us to cover in the future, please let us know at retrogameexplorers at gmail.com. You can also visit our Retro Game Explorers team page for all of our stream activities on Twitch and uh, anything else you guys want to add before we cut yeah. off here. If you join my Discord, we have a Retro Game Explorer section in there where you can post any suggestions as well. And you can bug us in in chat and Twitch. Yep. We Just may or by. may not ever get around to your suggestions. so. <laughs> but always stop by and say hi. We appreciate the support for everyone yeah. out there. Let us know as well if you sign up for any of the uh, sponsors game. that we shat on. No, we did, they're not sponsors. If any of you decide to pre-order any of the things like the box or the the uh, the emulator Poly-Mega. system, yeah, the Polymega, let us know. Also, if you get into speedrunning because of the us talking about it, let us know. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.